your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Welcome once again to the Rapper and Diggs Friday Fix. It's the 12th of March 2021 and hello Rappo. Afternoon Diggs, how are you mate? Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. You mean up to much? No mate, no, just enjoying me uh, time off mate, back to reality tomorrow night Diggs, but I feel I feel like I've been off for ages mate, so that's a, that's a good thing mate. I feel refreshed mate, refreshed. Oh, right, that's good. <laughs> Can't do much, mate, can you? Can't do much, can you? No, that's right, that's right. So, uh, not a lot happening, and obviously, um, well, not a lot happening out on the old football pitches in the weeks and months to come, really, is there, I don't think? Nah, don't look like it now, does it, mate? No, that's right. Well, we'll hear more a little bit later when uh, Phil Hiscott gives us the uh, the rundown. Yeah. It's uh, goalkeepers are our theme this week, a much maligned position at times as one mistake and it could cost the team a goal. We've got five special guests this week, all all goalies, all different, some older than others, some more successful than others, some senior cup winning goalies, some league title winning goalies and one that's even gone on to supply goalkeepers with gloves. We hear from them all today. Rappo, you ever ended up in goal or not? Yeah, I have things a few times actually, mate. I, I'm one of them players, mate, that like chucking. Well, I did, mate, not these days, but I like chucking myself around, mate. Do you, do you remember, mate? I played in that five side um, when we won the finals night. Your five side. Oh team. yes, yes. That... Remember, I went in goal in the quarter final, mate. Didn't I? We it went the penalties, and I saved a couple, and then scored the winner. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Why did you go in goal then? Well, Andy Butcher, mate, was he had a game for Toro that night, I think. Oh, right. And um, yeah, and he he couldn't get there till the semi-finals, mate, because uh, the old finals night was like quarters, semis, and final, wasn't yeah. it? In all in the one night, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so I went in goal for the quarters and uh, should have kept me place, I reckon, mate. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, you you were better in goal than outfield, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that, mate. Saved a couple of penalties and, and then scored one. And then, and no, I did, mate. I, I scored the last one and then saved, saved the last one, mate, to put us in the semis and we ended up winning it, mate. Didn't we? That, I think it was called his soccer, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not, sure. um, I'm not sure what we yeah. played on there, but... Uh, yeah, that think, was think, that um, was when the old Coimbrae five-a-side league was, well, it was pretty good standard, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, mate. Some league, wasn't it? It was virtually... Well, senior football that Thursday night league, wasn't it? It's like Western yeah. League and combo, really, wasn't it? It was, yeah, like you said, mate, really good standard. There was probably six or seven good teams in it, mate, wasn't there, that could sort of win it. Fracking yeah. league, really. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, yeah. Good little shortener that was, mate, for, for Saturday. Well, not all the time, mate, if you got a whack on the yeah, ankle. I was going to say, that's the only problem with it being a Thursday. It was a little yeah. bit close to the Saturday, but we, I yeah. think, it, yeah, I think in general we got away with it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I think we did, mate. Yeah, it was worth it. I think, thanks for the enjoyment, wasn't it? A good couple of hours, wasn't it? On yeah, night, that's yeah. right. But, uh, but yeah, I had three games with Tristan as well, Dick. Um, I was coming back from one of my many injuries, mate, and, you know, Mike Counter as manager, you know, her old mate, Mike, like, and he obviously knew, you know, I could play in goal a bit, like, and from the old days, mate. And and um, I think I think it's Dennis Fallifield at the time, at the time, I think, Dick, and he was out for a few games, and, and I, I was nearly ready to go, mate. You know, I could sort of run and virtually just about break into a sort of sprint. And 
kick it with my left foot, but I still I still twinge him with my right knee like this. So the Mike said, well, why don't you go golf a few games and um, get, we'll get someone to kick it, you know, take your goal kick off the ground <laughs> and you can kick it out your hands with your left foot or throw it out. And, uh, you know, I had three games. He absolutely loved it, but I only, only let one in in three games, mate. So, yeah, 270 minutes, mate, and I only let one in. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would want to do it all the time, Dietz, as a... Like you just said, mate, it's a pretty thankless uh, position, mate, isn't it, if you make a mistake? Well, if you make a mistake, that's right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So we hear from, uh, well, five newbies, actually, uh, all new to yeah. the podcast. So um, I think that's the first. I think it is, mate. I think it is, dude. Yeah, five babies, mate. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So Don't get that in the side very often, mate. No, yeah, that's... Five babies, that's right, five debutants. <laughs> right, so, so before we hear from them, though, uh, it's time for some tidbits, Rappo. Yeah, well, that, well, to be honest, I've, I've gone on a bit here, mate, on the goalkeeping front this week, so I've just got a couple, really, mate. Right. Um, one, one of them's like two pages long on the keepers with the keepers team, mate, so, so uh, but it was a really difficult one for me this week, you know, with, with the goalkeepers team. I, I just, I, you know, I know I'm going to forget somebody mate I just know it I'm going to get a few texts mate in the next <laughs> few days but, but I'll, so I'll make me apologies before I start this but but I'm you know I've been really lucky on this subject mate on this one because I've played in several teams that have had brilliant keepers over the years and, and had the misfortune to play against some top keepers as well mate that have cost me probably about another thousand goals I would have thought mate so but I'll, I'll start with the ones I played with, that's all right. I mean, I'll start off in youth football and county schools, mate. The, the best one for me was Neil Jordan. I don't know if you know Neil, Dicks. Um, no. He's a great, yeah, he's a great mate. He, he went in the army at 16, 17. I mean, he would have had a crack in Southwestern League career, mate. But, but um, yeah, I mean, Neil, he, well, he's a great mate these days, mate. He, he come down to watch me um, the game, Dicks, when I got 2,000 that day. Oh, right. Yeah, cause, yeah, he's got an ace in Port Alger, but, he, you know, he lives up the line now, and, well, he's all over the world still, mate. Um, but had a great career in the Army, and does a bit of sort of bodyguard stuff these days, mate. He's, uh, <laughs> but, like, shakes and princes and that, mate. He's done he's done well in his life, mate. But, but, uh, but yeah, I remember those Troy Miners sort of under 15, under 14, 15 games against Camel Lions, like Dixon, and... And Richard Lander and Campbell like schools and that. And Neil was always outstanding, mate. And I managed to get him to play for Tora Miners under 16 for a season before he went in the Army Dukes. And I think we won the treble that season. You know, Neil, you know, Neil played for us. He, he was a brilliant keeper, mate. Brilliant young keeper. And, but unfortunately, you know, went on to play. He went on to play for the Army teams and that Dukes. But, you know, I think if he stayed down here, you know, we, it would have been a big name, like, you know, but, but, um, and then my first men's teammate was Malavoy, you know, at 13. And we had Keith Abbott in goal, remember? Remember yeah. Abbott, did Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Abbott was like a big brother to me anyway, you know. And he, and he went on to play, well, to play with you, mate. You know, uh, Troy City played for the Cornball and both Western League teams, mate, in, in his time for Troy City, mate. And I remember Abbott drove us to the 1990 FA Cup final week between <laughs> United and Palace. You know, Nigel Martin was talking about it, wasn't he, yeah. the other week? And uh, we left Toro, mate, at 5 a.m. So we better, you know, take our time up and that. And we was in the car park, mate, at Wembley, looking at the Twin Towers at 20 to 9. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've like Lewis Hamilton, mate. I mean, you couldn't do it these days, could you, with all yeah. the three cameras and that, but... But I think Abbo wrote that Opal off about six months later, I think. <laughs> but fortunately, he was all right, mate. But, and then Ian Cora, mate, you know, took me to Nuki at 15, digs me out, and we had, like, Martin Cummins in goal there, mate. I mean, he was just outstanding at that time, Deeks. You know, almost every week, you know, would, you know, pull a couple of worldies out of the bag. I remember we played Mausel, mate, um, away. They had, they had a 53-game unbeaten home record, mate, at Trungle at the time. Over a couple of seasons, mate, you know, remember that old nasal thing you probably yeah. played against them yourself. And, and it's a hard place to go, mate, wasn't it? And, and uh, when we beat them 1 0 that day, mate, 53 game record, mate, we <laughs> like Nuki combo. And um, I think Larry Grigg knocked the ball over the top, you know, going uphill, and I ran on and scored past Andy Angos, mate. And then, and then Kimo spent the next 70 minutes saving everything through <laughs> it. It was probably the best. Goalkeeping display, mate. I've I've ever seen. I mean, he even tipped the kitchen sink over the bar, mate. At last ten minutes, mate. He was, yeah, it's unbelievable. But um, but I remember him after the game, mate, coming in trusting me. He was filthy from head to toe, deep, and, and my white shorts and socks didn't even need a wash. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was unbelievable. Then obviously, you know, I made the first team under Trev, mate, and um. And we had Kevin Miller, mate. Obviously, Kev was on as well the other week, mate, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and, you know, he was just brilliant, mate, Kev. And, you know, despite my five goals past him in the cup final, mate. Huh. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. Sorry. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring it up again, dude. But, but uh, despite that, mate, he went on to make 700-odd appearances in the Football League, mate, didn't he, for clubs like Watford, Birmingham and Palace. So what a career, mate. And that, Around the same time, you know, county youth teammate was Nigel Martin. So we all started on the show, mate, didn't we? You, mm-hmm. you don't leave any stone unturned, mate. I mean, he was he was sub-keeper that season, mate, in the county youth, uh, ironically. But a year later, he was, you know, playing for Bristol Rovers. And the rest is history, as they say, mate. You know, went on to make 23 appearances, you know, caps for England. And, you know, top guy, great career, mate. And, and then I was lucky enough, mate, to go Penryn, you know, I won the combo and easy cut double at, at Penryn, mate. And a, a, another top keeper there, mate, was Gary Bennett. Wait, do you remember Gary? Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Gary was, I think he was underrated, really, big Gary. You know, he was, you know, well, he kept loads of clean sheets that season, mate, and he was a big part of that great defence we had there with Mark Weir and that, mate, you know, Pat Evans and all that season. It was a, a good side, mate. But obviously, you know, my best times were at Bournemouth and, you know, you know, the best days in his life, really, Deeks. And the first keeper when I went to Bournemouth was John Dent, mate. Dent, he's the only keeper I've ever seen, you know, bar none, mate, you know, pro or non-league football, anything, mate, that could throw the ball over both arms. He was unbelievable. Pluck across out the air and, you know, so so good at starting quick breaks and attacks that, that we scored from. You know, Dent, he was, you know, brilliant at that, mate. Great shot stopper. And he was also fantastic organiser, mate, on and off the pitch hmm. in his... His all and you know his all and end the season tours, the itinerary you know the, the well legendary digs really legendary mate those, <laughs> those trips but but when Danny unfortunately left mate uh, travel in Dave Phil, who was probably the most agile keeper I've ever seen he, he, he was he was half man half monkey mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it mate <laughs> I'm sure of it 
I mean, thinking back now, he did actually like a banana, mate. Phil <laughs> oh. but, but yeah, but I lived with him, mate. Actually, I lived with Philby and Troy, mate, for a few months, and yeah, I got to say, mate, there was never a dull moment on on or off the pitch, mate, with Philby. I mean, he played eight or nine times for our goal first team, mate, didn't he? Mm. You know, before before falling out, you know, with Dave Smith. I mean, he should have been a pro much, much longer than that. Each, you know, what what a fantastic keeper. Filthy mate, brave as a lion. But, uh, but after that, mate, went back to Newquay under Ray Nichols and got to play in the old mate, Toro, Dennis and the Eardeeks. You know, I mean, Den was technically superb, Deeks. You know, good, good outfield player as well, Den. So, you know, when the back pass rule came in, you know, it made him even better, you know, because he was so good with the ball at his feet. And, you know, I was lucky to travel to games with Den, you know, and Den Senior. And we had a right old laugh in the car. Yeah, Den Senior's a United fan, mate, and then Liverpool fan, then hmm. junior. So we had a bit of, um, but yeah, we travelled to games. I had a, had a great laugh, you know, at Penzance, Toro, and Newquay, mate, as well as being teammates in the Sunday League Toro teams and that. And, you know, I've seen Den for lost so many great saves over the years, you know, but, but he still gave me my my worst moment in my old career as well, mate, when we had a wet, slippery 50 50 challenge at Bickland, mate, and a Palmer v. Newquay title decider, mate. You know, I, I broke Dennis's tib and fib and he snapped me knee ligaments, mate, which is still the worst day of my old career, that one, big. Can't believe still, that, really, can you? It's unbelievable that no. two good friends should uh, end yeah. up doing that to each other. Crazy. I oh, know, mate. It is, isn't it? You know, like, I've, I've always said that, mate. You know, I've, what did I play, mate, in the so, you know, 16, 18 seasons, mate? And, all the keepers you play against, mate, you know, up and down Devon and Cornwall, and then, like, you break your best, you know, one of your best, well, you know, one of your best mates' legs, really, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, from, from Chora, you make the Chora, like, you know, it's, like you say, mate, it's just, uh, such bad luck, but, yeah, it was horrible time, mate, but I used to pick Dan up then, you know, when he was in plaster, you know, on crutches, and we'd go and watch, you know, live games on Sky and that, mate, for, <laughs> for a few months after, he, he would come up, you know, or, I go there, mate, and still gutted about that to this day. You know, of all, like you say, of all the keepers, mate, to break your mate's leg, but what's the chances? But, mm. but after that, mate, it was Paul Williams at Penzance, where, you know, smashing bloke, mate, and very good shot stopper, mate. You used to used to practice penalties and free kicks with Willow, mate, after training under the lights at Penley Park, Dicks, and I think if Willow was a little bit taller, Dix, he, he might have been, you know, done better than he did, if you know what I mean, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, great shots for Willow, Willow, mate. And, but yeah, just, if he was just a few inches taller, mate, I think he would have even, you know, had an even better career. And then it was Sid Taylor, mate, uh, at Port, well, Port 11 and Bournemouth, mate. I mean, so cool and composed, unflappable, really, mate, Sid. And, and you know, brilliant at, 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 at you know, he, Superb keeper, mate. And he he was absolutely brilliant at time wasting. <laughs> you know, if you was two one up, mate, or one nil, Sid was fantastic at time wasting, mate. He, he he could take two minutes to take a goal kick, mate. <laughs> he was he was brilliant at that. But um, but great bloke, mate, and, and top keeper as well, Sid, mate. And you know had a, had a really good South Western League career, mate. And then you know successful management career as well. Thanks to me with yeah. Alston, so. Uh, but uh, and then my forty six goal season at Waverley State in ninety eight, ninety nine, one of my favourite seasons that was, mate, most memorable. And 
we had a top keeper, mate, at the Bridges that season, mate, in Mark Gears. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, remember Gears, he thinks. I mean, he went on to be a legend at the cup, really, mate, 500-plus appearances, I think. But we both made Steve Massey's Cornwall squad that season, because I was 32 at the time. But, but do you remember Gears, he got in the squad mm. on his performances that season as well, yeah. So, so yeah, he was a great keeper, mate, Gears. But a great character, you know, like, like most keepers are really deep they, they've all got a bit of a screw lead somewhere mate haven't they? <laughs> yeah. but uh, but yeah Gears he was superb and and, and five side dicks you know this was superb five side you know version of the game mate and you know I played with a few brilliant ones in that you know Dennis Fallerfield you know the shorter guys really mate you know Dennis Fallerfield Brian Stoffin mate you know who were that little bit smaller in stature but brilliant five side and do you remember Kev Toy Dukes? Oh, yeah, disgrace. yeah. Yeah, for disgrace. I mean, Kev was, like, brilliant, mate, wasn't he, five aside? I mean, they were decent level side keepers as well, all of them, but obviously, you know, you just can't command your box as well when you're sort of five foot six, can you? Five foot seven, but as, as the big lads can. But they were all great shot stoppers, reflex keepers. And, and Sean Clinton as well. Do you remember Sean at five aside? Yeah. I mean, he was a bit bigger, wasn't he? But he was still... Brilliant money at five side, like agile and get himself around the goal. So, yeah, some good five side keepers as well, Dix. But, and a few, you know, there's a big list of great keepers I pay, played against as well, Dix. You know, I, I won't go on too much like I have with the ones I played with, but too many to mention, really, mate. I mean, Steve Newt, Dix, probably one of the best, if not the best. I mean, he made the best save ever off me, mate. I think, I think I told you before, you know, that Lundsen game, mate, Lundsen former. I mean, I think they needed three points. It was back when it was two points, Diggs, and they won the league, actually. You remember that season, Lundsen? I think it was feisty team, mate, wasn't it, Rogers? Lundsen team, uh, actually. Sure, got actually. Jerry Westlake and, yeah. you know, they had Dave Joe, you know, good side, Jeff Adams, and they had one season there where they, I think they put a few quid in, mate, and, and won the league. But, but yeah, we come runners up, I think, that season. But we went up Penny Giller, mate, who sort of next to the last game. I think they needed three points, Deeks, in the last two games. And obviously they had us. And, you know, we needed to win all three, I think. And, and it was like, I don't know, mate, 88 minutes, you know, virtually last kick of the game. And, you know, when you hit a, a tweak shot, you know, like a golf shot, Deeks, didn't it? You don't feel it come off your foot, do you, when mm. you... I mean, I was about 25 yards out. I hit this dip in volley deep at the top end at Annie Gillen's top goal where you drive in. And, um, oh, mate, it was dipping over Snooty's head. And I virtually turned away with my arm up, mate, all the effort behind the goal. And Snooty just like a flash of green, mate. He was like Superman, mate. He just <laughs> flew across the goal and tipped it onto the underside of the body. I mean, best save anyone's ever made off me easily. And, and they won the league, mate, through nil-nil. They ended up winning the last game, I think. I think they had Clist or something, mate, one four nil or something. And they won the league, mate. But I think that saved one in the league that night, Dick. But yeah, Steve Newt, mate, he was he was brilliant for this squad and Lumps and Paul Licks, mate, at Bobman. Um, Ian Baker, Toro, Kevin Malloy, mate. Do you remember Kevin Malloy? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played a few games for Exeter reserves with Kev, mate. He was up there. At the same time, you know, he's both on sort of non-contract forms when, when Bully was there and all, mate. And yeah, Kev had a few. He was a big, big imposing keeper, mate. All big, big keepers. They, they all fill the goal up, mate. And remember the big bearded Phil Hewlett, mate, at Southampton? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he was always a difficult bloke to, to squeeze one past, mate. Andy Gammon at Tor Point. Andy Meads, mate, great shot stopper at Tavistock, mate. Um, 500 plus games at Tavistock, mate. Didn't he media thing mm. up there, mate? I mean, Gary Ferraligan, mate, was a class keeper at Porth Leather. Now he seemed to. Weird, mate. I seem to score past Gary, though. I mean, he's a brilliant keeper, but I had this conversation with his dad about a year ago at Lazy Feet when we bumped into each other. It was, it was weird, you know, for such a good keeper. You know, he seemed to... Just lucky, I suppose, I guess, didn't you, against some keeper. I mean, same with Filthy Deep. Every time I played against Filthy, I scored past him. But, you know, two brilliant keepers, mate, but, you know, just seemed to must, must get lucky against them, but... Steve Gill, mate, at various clubs was good. Billy Davis at Blazy, mate, you know, before his injury. I mean, you speak to Billy later on, Deeks, don't you? So, and and another bloke, mate, latterly, you know, Paul Spider Ida, mate, at Lumpson. You know, he picked beat, the Spider later as well, mate. You know, I mean, remember him being a young keeper, you know, quality keeper, and, mate, you know, now producing his own gloves, mate, for keepers at one sport, mate, any So, Sort of turn full circle, mate. I just still helping the keepers out, mate, and he and you know, top lad as well, mate. And and even going further back to the old combo days, Dukes, you know, Andy Ango, that's just um, Peter Ellis at Pendine, mate. You know, do you remember them, Dukes? Yeah, 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 you know, I remember, I remember scoring Dukes first 12 games um, of the season uh, for Power and Well, mate, and uh, 12 games in a row, I think, I scored about 19 goals, mate. I was on. And uh, played against Andy Ango, mate, at St. Just, and he, and he just, he made it unlucky 13 for me, Deeks. <laughs> he, you know, he plucked, you know, two of me three kicks that were going in the top corner, Deeks. He, you know, he plucked one out the air and tipped one over the bar. I mean, he, he ruined the record that day, mate. But And uh, Craig Nichols at Mosel, Deeks, class, you know, lo- lovely bloke with it, mate. Oh, he's an embrace after the game with, with Nixie, mate, when he's when he's cost me about three three goals, mate, usually. And John Wacko Wyatt, big, you know, big scary figure. John was mate, brave as a lion, brilliant hands, you know, top bloke as well. And, and we speak to some Barry as well today, big, don't we? So you, you know, you got some crackers on the show today, mate. You know, Barry still following in his dad's big footsteps, mate, isn't he? and doing him proud, mate. So, but um, so many Deeks, you know. I better, you know, I'm bound to have forgot quite a few, mate, but I better stop here, mate. And I know I'll be here all day, Dick. I'll be here all day. But, um, I've yeah, been out shopping. Lucky, I've been out shopping since you've been <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, you've been Tesco X, mate, have you? <laughs> I thought you were talking much, mate. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, brilliant, Dick. I've played with some great keepers, mate. I've been really lucky and obviously played against the load as well, mate, so. So, yeah, that's the keepers, like, Deeks. And, uh, well, just one more thing, mate, if, if I've got any time left, mate. Um, I had a nice, uh, nice message, mate, from a friend of the show this week, Deeks, and Sonostal's top young manager, mate, Mark Sparky-Smith. All right. Yeah, nice message from Sparky, mate. Um, he was obviously working abroad currently, mate, but said he, well, it shows you I wrote this a couple of days ago, Deeks, but, but Sparky said he should be back in in perfect timing for the upcoming cup competition. Oh dear! In the southwestern <laughs> league, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, that Phil and the league are trying to organise. <laughs> obviously, we're going to hear more about that later. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, but 
um, but now Sparky sent me. He enjoyed me uh, book review the other week, mate. Oh right. Um, yeah, yeah, I've had quite a few mates and enjoyed me book review, but but um, he recommended a few more, mate, that that uh, he's enjoyed over the last year for the listeners, mate. And and he said in particular, managers and coaches might enjoy these books, mate. So that have got some spare time on their hands, mate. There's there's three books he recommends, mate. Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, quiet leadership. Uh, quiet leadership. That one's called, mate. Not leadership, mate. <laughs> Alan Shearer might have something to do with that one. Mate. Oh, no, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Um, but no, Sparky said um, he talks about his career and experiences in his calm and composed style, mate. Which I must admit, mate, I always enjoy watching Carlo on the Touchline at Everton, yeah. mate, with big Duncan Ferguson. He's don't you think he's yeah. absolutely nuts, mate, isn't he? <laughs> he's, uh, he's like chalk and cheese, those two, mate, isn't it, really? Mm. But, um, but the second one, mate, was Matthew Saeed, mate, called Banks. Um, Sparky said it relates to both golf and football, which sounds good to us, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Couldn't be better. But, uh, but it's about how talent is a myth, mate, and that ability in sport is groomed by the 10,000-hour practice rule. Mm-hmm. Which, kind, which kind of makes sense to me, mate. I, I know my thoughts have come on a bit since the lockdown. <laughs> you know, I suppose it's true what they say, mate. Isn't it practice makes perfect? Mm. But, but I reckon that would be an interesting book, mate. But um, you can make yourself good, I suppose, couldn't you, if you put the effort and time in? But, but uh, and finally, mate, Arsene Wenger, mate, my life in red and white. Um, a couple of people have said about this, but I think on the forum, a couple of people recommended this one as well, didn't they? But but Sparky's an Arsenal fan, obviously, mate, and he said it was nice to reminisce, you know, when they were actually a good side. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so thanks a lot for that, to Sparky, mate, and look forward to his return, mate. Although not to not to football, mate, is it until next season? But um, but we enjoyed watching his young team play, mate. Didn't we? Doing a great job last year, Diggs, mate. So see how he, they follow he needs, on. I suppose Sparky needs to be a bit careful, actually, because he's assistant manager has got an unbeaten record hasn't he since he's been in charge yeah that's true mate <laughs> yeah you can only uh, not say what's in front of you mate can you <laughs> <laughs> as they don't say yeah. but uh, yeah that's true mate and just finally mate um, just watched a couple of documentaries this week mate I mean one of them was absolutely brilliant mate it was on Sky it's on Sky documentaries and it was called Howard Way and it was all about Howard Kendall's excellent Everton team in the mid-80s. Oh. Um, yeah, really good it was, mate. Set, set to music as well from that era, which I really enjoyed it, mate. You know, it brought back some, some great teenage memories for me, Deeks, and, well, including Norman Whiteside's goal in the 85 final, mate, for United, that, that stopped Everton winning the treble that season, mate. I was, I was right behind Neville Table's goal that day, mate, going mass, but... Uh, yeah, a few of us went up to Troy. I made a correlate for that one. That was a good day. And on BT, because I think there's one you might like, mate. I don't know if you've seen it already. Uh, BT Sport, mate. It's called Hours, mate. I, do um, you know, I've seen little bits of it, but I, I forget to look yeah. to see when it's actually on. So I, you know, flick across yeah. and there it is. But I must watch yeah. it from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd enjoy it, because it's, um, it's only an hour. Well, hours, mate, is only an hour. <laughs> but... Uh, but it's author Michael Calvin, mate, who's, who's wrote some great books, by the way, you know, and um, 
and he goes around to like lower league clubs mainly, dudes, you know, ones that are now sort of owned by the fans, mate, and, and a few that are sort of gone defunct, you know, like Rushton and Diamonds and Bury and stuff like that, mate. So, but it's an interesting watch, mate, and it's, um, it's only on an hour a day, so, you know, it's like not taking too much time out of anyone's life, mate, and it's, you know, an enjoyable watch, mate. So, so yeah. Uh, Howard's Way on Sky, mate, and Hours on BT Sport, mate. Two, two documentaries worth watching. All right. I'll shut up, mate. I'll shut up. Do you know? Do you know um, how many goalkeepers you listed there? Oh, crikey, mate! What in the played with and against? Yeah. Cool, forty. Oh, 32 I made it actually. So. Oh, 32 was it? Yeah. Yeah, I bet there is 40. Though, mate. Yeah, I know, I know I'm going to miss someone, mate. Get ready for the complaints. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it, mate. We'll be taken yeah. off the airways next week. Your Cornish <laughs> Thanks for your tidbits, rapper. I know that everyone loves them, Cheers, and uh, obviously, uh, well, you're Thanks, t- taking back the memories there, weren't you, of uh, years yeah, past? So, Good old names, uh, mate. <laughs> right. Goalies to come later, um, but we start with Phil Hiscox this week. And, well, as we've already mentioned, uh, there's been emails from the FA followed by a league board meeting. And so now we've got some news from Phil and the Southwest Peninsula League. We have some definite, definitive news, which is the good news. The bad news is all the definite, definitive news is bad news. <laughs> oh, um, no. I'm afraid so. The, the FA guidance issued on uh, Wednesday afternoon about spectators, return of spectators and return of hospitality and secondary spending really has kiboshed any chance of playing any meaningful football at steps three to six. Um, the regulations are that you, you now, or that the guidance is that you won't be allowed to have spectators until 17th of May. Um, the April the 12th, the hospitality guidance is very much table service, sat down, so not, you know, having a pint whilst watching the football. Um, there is therefore, with no spectators, no secondary spend. Um, it's just in, uh, impractical and unaffordable. I was going to say, no point. No point. No. Uh, prior to the meeting, I had drawn up and revised the cup proposal. I can, I can just give you some bits of indication from that. That the returns had been that 32 of the 40 had said that they would play on to some degree mm-hmm. um, with those competitions. So had we been allowed to play them, 32 was a viable number. Mm. Uh, but I have to say over 20 of those 32 had also indicated in a supplementary question that without fans, they wouldn't enter. Right. So, you know, the, I think only one club in the whole of the league had specified they were happy to play under any circumstances, i.e. behind closed doors. Right. Um, but one club can't play themselves. <laughs> <can> they? Well, <laughs> not, not they'd go on quite a good unbeaten run, I suppose. Well, they, they were. But... They were, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very, very frustrating. Um, I, I've seen on social media and things comments that... Um, the, the government guidance all along said no spectators, and, and I get that it did didn't mm. give any promises. Um, but at the same time, the football association had not only said that leagues could organise supplementary competitions, they'd even done a survey of league secretaries as to what competitions you might be looking to play, and sub- subsequently it also sent out some guidelines for how to sanction those competitions and, and any sort of individual rules that you might have 
put in that were different from normal rules, you know, mm. extra subs and that sort of thing. Um, so there was very much a mixed message. The, the government will, will say, like they did, I suppose, with steps one and two, that when they said there was never an offer of grants, they will say there was never an offer of spectators at our level. Mm. Um, the Football Association clearly thought there might have been, otherwise they surely they wouldn't have done that work on sanctioning and, and mm. asking leagues what competitions they were looking to run. Right. So no football then for what for you? Um, uh, That's it officially for the Peninsula League yeah. and, and any cup competitions. County FAs will have to make their own decisions about county cups, but I think you know, without putting any words in anybody's mouth on either side of the border, the, the rules are no spectators till Monday the 17th of May. And also, no club at steps three to six, so that there's particularly in Devon, so your Biddeford's, your Parkways and things also applies for them, um, can play after May the 31st. And right. you're not going to fit in a meaningful cup competition between 14 May the 17th days. and May the 31st. No, it's just, no. No. Right. Okay. Well, let's, well, let's hope the county come out, or counties come out pretty quick and knock it on the head yeah. I suppose the only competition that does seem to be going ahead at our level is, and there was some talk on social media this week of the FA Vars that the club's still involved in the FA Vars <laughs> which locally includes Parkway and Tavistock mm-hmm. um, they have been asked to play behind closed doors oh, right. uh, we know this because Stowe Market Town which I believe is Eastern Counties area mm-hmm. Um, they've made a public statement that they have withdrawn from the FA Vars because they're not prepared to play behind closed doors. Oh, right. Um, so we know that's now a fact. So um, we haven't had any local news about whether the clubs here down here will play behind closed doors, but, but we know that if they do play in the Vars, I'm mm. afraid that will also be behind closed doors. Right. Because what, at what stage are they at? Is it fourth, uh, fourth round now? Or? Uh, it, the, the last 32, but there's one last or two... Right. There's one or two that... No, was it? no, sorry. It's the last 16 is the next proper round. Right. But some teams, including Parkway, haven't played their last 32 tie. Right, OK. Because obviously the weather was in uh, and not great when when they last played. And it's so some ties were played yeah. on the last Saturday available. Like, like for example, Millbrook, didn't they? They went to um, United Series Portsmouth yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the rain and played. But if you were postponed that day then still that debut. tie is still outstanding. Right, OK. And, of course, I keep saying it every, well, nearly every week now, we've still got the FA Fuzz final from last year, yeah, haven't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, uh, although, did you see, oh, going off the subject, that this weekend, I believe the um, LDV trophy, or whatever it's called oh. these days, Checker Trade trophy, I think it is, isn't it? Is they're, they're both finals are on this weekend. On oh. Saturday, behind closed doors, is the 2020 final. <laughs> and on Sunday, is the 2021 final. <laughs> um, oh. I hope they've got two cups, because otherwise the team that wins it on Saturday better not dent it on Saturday night. Well, I can say, they'll just pass it over, <laughs> and they, you know, yeah, overnight. Yeah, yeah, that, that's on over the weekend. It's, uh, so <laughs> Where's that being stationed? Is that Wembley? Or? I believe behind closed doors at Wembley. Seems an awful I big I only stadium. Noticed, I only really noticed it because I was watching Sunderland Portsmouth on the telly the other day, the other night, <laughs> and and it was referred to in commentary. And oh, I had a quick right. look, and sure enough, one fixture is listed for Saturday, and one fixture is for, for Sunday. Crikey, it's crazy, isn't it? Really, it's the world we're living in at the moment. Yeah, I suppose it? so. It's a crazy world. Yeah. Right. So obviously, uh, all you guys were disappointed at your meeting this week, then. I think disappointed because 
I'm relieved, I suppose, to some extent. At least you know. Clarity is always important. And I did, to be fair, as much as I wanted to scream when I got the email, I had to at least acknowledge that at least we had some clarity. Yeah. Um, So fair play for that. But um, I think the annoyance is, is that we had devised a cup competition that looked as if it would work. The numbers that wanted to enter were practical. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to start after the 12th of April when the bars can at least sell alcohol outside. And, yeah, we, w- I think we would have fitted something in and it would have worked if we'd been allowed to, but it's just not practical to, 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 well, it's to ask volunteers to police it is one of the biggest concerns. Mm. Yeah, it's all very well saying they're going to play these games, but behind closed doors. But how do you keep people out, and, and who is telling somebody that they can't come in? Yeah, um, because it goes down to volunteers. Yeah. Uh, the step seven and below, or the regional feedings and below, can still play because they're grassroots, although they have two large asterisks beside them as well. <laughs> um, asterisk one is. The DCMS guidance still hasn't actually been published. I believe it's going to be on Monday week, the 22nd of March. Mm. So uh, th- th- at least they'll have to refer to the guidance before they're absolutely set in the stone of what they're doing. Right. Um, uh, and secondly, there is a huge question mark, and, and hopefully the FA will come up with some clarity about this, about reserve teams where who play in the regional feeder leagues and below, uh, and whether the no-fans rule applies to all games at the club or whether it's by nature of the team. Right. Um, uh, and particularly, I don't think they'll be able to take, take an admission because that is an allowance of fans. Mm. So something like, for example, Helston Reserves. You know, in the St. Piran League, they could possibly play on, but they're going to need a lot of clarity about what they can and cannot actually do in terms of how they they play. Mm. So still uh, a lot to clear up then by sounds well, so, for that level, my, my level, I suppose we've got some clarity. Well, yes, I've got, you're... I've got some work to do. I can finish the season now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, as for what, what's the situation with anyone that should? I can't imagine why they would, but want to play friendlies. Right. Friendlies on a grassroots basis are allowed from Monday the 29th of March. Now, my understanding at the moment, the basic of what you'd be allowed to do is two teams turn up uh, unadvertised in their kit or in track suits and get changed to the fifth side, play a game and go home. That would not be a problem from Monday the 29th of March. Right. Um, Anything above that, i.e. use of dressing rooms, whether anybody can watch, whether you want to advertise the fixture, I think they're better off, again, like the leagues at those levels, waiting for the DCMS guidance on the 22nd of March before putting their foot in it mm. without knowing it. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, the season 21-22 t- uh, and preparation for that um, is as at normal sort of sort of time scale, you know, uh, August well, onwards yeah. or what? <laughs> Yes, I, I think two things looking forward now, we, we discussed these last night, is from a, a general league point of view, we, we can now start shutting down, doing some of the paperwork and things I would normally be doing in, in April or May, I can now be doing in March, things mm. like uh, you know, end of season review, uh, cancelling player registrations, uh, revising computer systems and, and re- rejigging for next season, mm-hmm. that can get on with. Um, 
regarding the constitution for next season, the FA say that they're still having their feasibility study. <laughs> um, what they have clarified since is that if they go ahead with it, any movement would be by the same time scale as if the league season had been played. So right. again, you know, before the 1st of June or you know, no later than the 31st of May when you'd be starting your AGM season mm-hmm. if anybody has been allocated a space in a higher league and therefore we have a vacancy to allocate a space to us it would be done by then right uh, so that at least on, on the 31st of May right that's that's our constitution for the following season and then you can have your AGM and mm-hmm. um, and start doing fixtures and registrations and things ready for that new season which the FA at Wembley are very very keen starts on time yes well let's let's hope um, starts on time and there's no issues as such but um, well we certainly need that <laughs> yeah right then Phil well I think that that pretty much tells us all we need to know for the moment isn't it on 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 the current yeah. situation yeah. covid so let's say on on the one hand it, it's it's bad news but at least i suppose it is clarity clarity in the news yeah and obviously i i, I guess we're talking thursday morning it's too early yet for you to have had any views or responses from any clubs yeah, I mean, you're slightly lucky, Mr. Deacon, and your podcast. You've got a bit of an exclusive in that I'm actually speaking to you before it goes out to the clubs, but knowing that you won't um, <laughs> broadcast it until after the clubs have done. No, so, that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that said, of course, there are club members on the board. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. And, you know, whether that was Andy Old at Weybridge, Paul Handy at Helston, Tracy at St. Austell, you know, they all understood what they were voting for and yeah we're of the same opinion as as the officers that you know it's it's not something we what we want to do but it's something that we're going to have to do yeah i i doubt if they were too surprised were they no interesting one or two indicated during during the meeting that they weren't particularly keen on voting for a cut proposal if we were allowed to run it because of all the things that would have gone with organizing it you know Mm -hmm. um but in the end, that was that was something no, or nothing because no need, yeah, <laughs> no need, no. Right, okay. Well, let's very quickly talk about your favourite subject, probably goalkeepers. Goalkeepers. I'm not sure it's my favourite. <laughs> no. Oh right. Uh, Fatty Fuchs. Does he still play? Who? Fatty Fuchs. Fatty Fuchs. Did Who's that? Well, he played an FA Cup final. Some bloke. Uh, giant bloke. Oh, I don't know. Well, don't that's that's not near local football. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about my history of of local goalkeepers. Then, what about Dick Pym? Dick Pym. Now that yeah. that name does ring a bell somewhere. Right. There's a road in Exeter named after Dick Pym. Dick Pym Close. Right. Um, and his his family created many, many local footballers over the years. There was a Mel Pym, which I believe was his grandson, scored a lot of goals for Exmouth when they in their glory years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Pym was a local lad who, uh, after the, the First World War, where he, he performed and, and I believe got some sort of Distinguished Service Medal in the First World War, resumed his footballing career with Exeter City uh, and was then transferred to West Ham United uh, and he played in the 1923 FA Cup final, the White Horse final. Oh, right, right. yeah. Uh, and kept a clean sheet on the winning side. And then I believe in 1926, he was back there and kept a clean sheet in two Wembley finals. So there's a goalkeeper from Exeter. Right. <laughs> right. Well. So, or did you want me to talk about 
foul-mouthed goalkeepers of the peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was trying to avoid that subject. I was very impressed with that uh, information that came out there. I think that's probably a, a good place to end. And the suggestion that uh, goalkeepers are foul mouth, I, you know, keep that to yourself. I think all, all of us are, aren't we? <laughs> I believe you mean I was rather a foul mouth league secretary when I got that email yesterday <laughs> afternoon. So. Uh, never mind. Well, at least you know what you've got to do now. So. Um, there's a blessing in there somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if anybody's got any uh, storage solutions for silver-plated and silver <laughs> cups and how you maintain and service them over a two-year period whilst they're stuck in a hallway cupboard, I'd appreciate that. It's, oh, uh... yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> all these trophies that haven't been able to be handed out. It's My, my daughter was, was not impressed last year. She, the cupboard in my hallway, which is full of trophies, was normally used as a hiding place for grandchildren's <laughs> Christmas presents. Oh, and, right. and the same will now apply <laughs> for this Christmas. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we have to devise some way of getting rid of them, perhaps. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, melt them down. Make a, make a few quid. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Phil, thanks for keeping us up to date. And, um, well, we'll talk next week. I'm not quite sure what we'll be talking about. But um, um, when are you going to get your fixtures out, I suppose? People are going to be asking. Somebody asked that in the ball meeting last night. <laughs> <laughs> You'll tell us next week, perhaps. I'll tell you next week. <laughs> You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame about the cup comp not happening deeps, you know, but it's like you said, mate, it's just no point, is there? There's no point. I mean, Phil's hands are tied, mate, you know, with there's no spectators, you know, no club houses. Who would want to play anyway, to be honest, Deke? Yeah. yeah I, I, it was interesting when he said about, you know, if you roll up uh, pretty much ready to play, so you roll up alongside the touchline, yeah. play and then, you know, get back in your car and go home again sort of thing. I can't, can't really see that happening very much, can you? Nah, nah, not at all. I mean, what, yeah, what's the point, mate? I mean, you can't even watch a game until May the seventeenth, mate. Just, just knock it on the head and let's look forward to next season. Don't you think, Dick? I think, mate. The numbers were there. The league obviously tried. What was it? Phil said yeah. thirty-two. Um, said uh, you know that they would, they would take part, but um, obviously. Uh, no, no good if no fans load in. So, um, nah, so nah. there we go. Defeat the object, they? just defeat the object. They don't need the cover. Just can't make anything out of it. Can't even charge admission things, can you? Well, you no, because you're not allowed anyone in, are you? So <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. It's just a point, pointless, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Pointless. Hey, Diggs, I remember Fatty folks mate that Phil mentioned oh you're right okay I yeah, thought you probably yeah oh, well you probably you know all these legends don't you so yeah yeah he's an old one mate he was born in 1874 he was mate oh uh, that's yeah. why you remember him then is, is it yeah yeah that's it mate I looked him up together I remember reading about him when I was a kid mate he was a professional keeper and cricketer actually Dick. Yeah, he must have been a talented but I mean, he was six foot two, mate, but he weighed 25 stone, apparently, mate. What? Blimey. So, yeah, I know how he feels, mate. <laughs> but, but yeah, mate, yeah, that he folks, mate, when, when Phil mentioned him, mate, yeah, he's uh, one of that sort of, I think he was the, fir- the first big legendary, well, literally, <laughs> first big legendary keeper he was, I think, mate. The only folks I could yeah. think of was there was one that played for Man United, wasn't there? Defender. Oh yeah, Bill. Yeah, Bill Folks. That's yeah. the only yeah, one. Yeah, centre half. Yeah, I knew he won the goalie, so it wasn't who Phil was referring to, but.
No. But, uh, he was in the plane crash, I think, mate. One of the Munich. Yeah, uh, he survived, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. he did. Yeah, I think he dragged a couple of people out, mate, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Proper, might have done. Yeah. Proper hero. Yeah. Proper hero, mate. Right. Okay. Well, that's Phil with the news from the Southwest Peninsula League. Let's uh, now hear from another one. It's Cam Weldon. And, um, well, I met up with Cam, rapper. I met up with him up at Triu Road. Outside broadcast this week, Cam, we're um, we're at Triu Road, where I've been helping you do something for a change. Um, Triu City, we're talking goalkeepers today, and so who sticks in your mind for goalkeepers at uh, Triu Road? I'm just looking at the pitch now, and I'm feeling sorry for any goalkeeper, to be honest, looking at it. I was like, but, um, no, there's, there's been some memorable ones for me, I think. Uh, Tom McHale's probably the standout one in my time. I remember him vividly. Um, great goalkeeper. Martin Rice as well. Both of them were there for long periods of time at the club, and both went through some disappointing seasons, not not necessarily personally, but um, and then they both both had some very, very good highs with us I remember Tom had the the FA Cup run at Charlton he had the promotion season he very nearly had the relegation season with us before we got relegated from National South so he, and Martin the same had lots of promotions and stuff but yeah I think those two are probably the standout ones James Hammond can't go a podcast without mentioning him but I know you, I can hear all your listeners are looking at you now everyone's just like oh no he's saying him isn't him but James has been probably he's probably the best goalkeeper in terms of standard of quality of keeper then I'd say he's probably the best we've had at Truro well in the 15 years I've been watching him he's probably by far the best I've seen um, just by the and that shows you know, he was at Exeter for six years as a number two you don't you don't get keepers like that in non-league very often that's credit to him really but we've had some good ones Adriano Basso was quite a rememberable one the uh, Brazilian who came for us he was only with us for two or three months we arrived in start of the 2016-17 season and he was um, in fact he played He's a Bristol City legend. I remember all my friends at school were like, oh, why is he at Truro? He's a... And this guy's played about three, 400 appearances at Bristol City. And I don't know how he ended up at Truro. I don't know why he ended up at Truro. A bit, a bit similar to Barry Hales, really. It's like you look at him and you're like, is that the, pers- is that the same person? I was like, but no, he was here for... Um, he was here. He was a really nice guy, actually. He was someone I, I got on with. But again, he was only only here for a short amount of time. But there's been, there's been so many. Harvey Rivers a couple of years ago. Um, trying to think who else we've had. Harvey Rivers? No... He slipped my memory. Yeah, he was the one. He was he was the keeper. He came in under Lee Robinson when he was here. Um, so there we had him and Corey Harvey as the two goalkeepers with us. And Harvey played. Sorry, Harvey Rivers played the um, majority of the uh, that season. Corey was like an understudy to him, and obviously Corey's gone on to do really well at Mausel now. But so Harvey was one. I'm trying to think of any others. Dan Stevenson, obviously Chappie as well. Going further back, they were two keepers I remember well. Um, but yeah, we've we've, we've been blessed really at Truro. Some quality goalkeepers. So. Was it before your time, or, or since you've been here, that Jake Ash played in goal? No, that I do. Oh God, I remember that now. I, I, I think Yetzi played in goal as well once. I might, might have. Um, was it yeah, I know J- Jake. I do remember that Jake did actually play in goal. I wasn't actually at the game, but I remember reading about it. Yeah, uh, Jake was in goal, and yeah, I swear it was either Yetzi or I swear someone else went in goal. I can't even. 
might have been Marcus. I can't. I can't. I swear it wasn't just Jake. I know Marcus Martin as well. I swear someone else went in goal. I can't remember off the top of my head who did. It might have been Yetten, but I might be wrong. But yeah, I do remember Jake in goal. That was quite a, an experience. Actually, I seem to recall Yetzi always wanted to go in goal in a, in the halftime sort of kick-ins. You know when they uh, always used to uh, make me laugh at halftime here at True Road that you know the halftime at some stage would consist of uh, players just blasting the ball towards whoever was standing in the goal mode. Yeah, you can't, you, can't, you can't get away with that anymore. I do remember him doing that. But as I said, he, he can't really do that anymore, being the assistant. Paul's always roping him inside. I can imagine he probably wants to stay out there because, again, it's just yet. Yeah, he loved just celebrating, jumping in the mud and diving around. Like I remember when he when he came back in, what was it, 2016, 2017, when Lee Hodges was here, he brought him back and from Weymouth. And I just remember him then. He was just... <sighs> He obviously didn't play very often then. He was the last stage of his career, but he was he was loving it. I was just on the just diving around in the goal like headless chicken. Really, it's it's lovely to see, and it's, I just enjoyed it. It's, it's just yet, and it? he's brilliant. He's just brilliant class act, and um, he's just a comedy act, and everyone loves him for it. So we've digressed a little bit from goalkeepers, but um, any special save that you can recall of a true city goalkeeper here, and you know that um, you think back and it was crucial, or it was. Uh, one to mention? Not off the top of my head. I can't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think now. Um, goalkeeper, great saves. It's obviously there's been some. I, I remember. I'm trying to think who it was in goal. I can't even remember who it was in goal. I think it, was, it might have been Harvey Rivers. Actually, it was when we played Woking here on a Tuesday night and we lost one nil. And Woking were battling with Torquay for promotion, but they did get promoted in the end. But um, and I remember they were all over us. And I think I think Harvey made a save from. Uh, a really good save from a couple inside the box I always used to say Harvey Rivers he was the sort of goalkeeper where anything inside the box he'd save anything from outside he'd, he'd struggle with and it didn't really make much sense cause it, but, but there you go but um, yeah I, I remember he made a good save in that Woking game but to be honest like Hammy's made they've all made like they've all done contributions they've all had blunders as well like Martin Rice on just looking at the County Hall end of the ground I, I remember quite a vivid mistake from him there but yeah it's people, as I said there's, they all make they're goalkeepers there aren't they they make brilliant saves like Hammy's done him well he's saved us countless times I remember he in fact last year I'll say this one actually last year he saved well not last year season before that but 2019-20 he um he was uh, we had an FA Cup game here first FA, came up, FA Cup game in about two years obviously with a Torquay move and it was Wimborne 2-1 and in fact Yetzi scored he'd scored the winner and um, to make it 2-1 terrible goal it was a complete blunder it was up at the um, clubhouse end the keeper comes out misreads it yet and just put, and basically I think he might need it into the net it was, he'll say he put it in brilliantly but a bit of a miss kick and so the keeper made a mistake at that end and we're thinking okay and we conceded a penalty right at the end of the game 90th minute we were leading 2-1 and and the last thing we wanted, we had a trip on Tuesday night. Last thing we wanted was, oh, that's going to get postponed. An FA Cup fixture going to Wimborne. We didn't want that. And um, Hammy saved a penalty, brilliant penalty save. And that bottom, just looking at, I can remember it now. It's a bit weird seeing the goalpost on the ground, but um, yeah, I remember he dived to his uh, left hand side. Brilliant save. Like it's, I think that's one of the ones that I remember vividly, and especially in recent years, James Hammond, brilliant save. Yeah, you said goalposts are down. Um, the uh, boarding around the outside of the pitch is. is or the boards have been taken down, but it's still a football pitch at the moment. When is Triu Road going to disappear? <sighs> Honestly, I've no idea. I'm just looking around it now. You see, there's a couple of daisies and a couple of things appearing on the pitch. But it's been daisies here. Wow, yeah, well, no sand, surprisingly. Which is, a, um, but yeah, it's uh, looking around. It's as I said, we're talking. Was it Wednesday? Um, 
the uh, floodlights were due to be taken down today, but apparently the weather's been against them, and um, the stands were due to be taken down this week. The big green ones, nothing's appeared. As you can see, we're here mid-afternoon on a Wednesday, nothing's happened. So it's uh, it's an interesting one, but. Um, I know that they've got to be off the site by the 31st of March, so in other words, they've basically got two weeks to clear it before, well, they lose it, really, because Lidl will come in and knock it down. So, well, we say that, you never know. Lidl might not turn up for two years, and we just just drive past all the time. It's just the same place. But, yeah, um, as 31st of March is the day, but whether it happens or not, we don't know. But it's slowly slowly and surely starting to be dismantled, and it's it's sad to see, really, but... um, all good things come to an end, as I said last week, and I think Tree Roads is coming to an end. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Yeah, thanks to Cam there. Um, yeah, we were up at Tree Road. I was doing a, I was helping him out. Um, uh, he interviewed me for his dissertation for his uni uh, uni degree, Rappo. Oh, so, yeah. um, so yeah. that was good. Had a, a my last look around uh, Tree Road and behind the. Bar yeah. and the clubhouse and everything. So, um, but do you know how many goalies Cam mentioned in in that little interview? Oh crikey! I was going to say that actually, because I bet you felt a bit sad, mate. Yeah, all the games you've had City and that. You know, looking around the ground now. Oh yeah, that yeah the, yeah. It's sad, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's it's a slow death of True Road at the moment, and why they just don't get the diggers in and sort it out. You know, once and for all, I do not know. It's uh, it's it's all a bit weird, really. But um, yeah. so I don't know quite what's happening up there. But uh, floodlights are still it's there, as as Cam said. The floodlights still there. Dude? Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be. You think they... Who's going to have the floodlights, Dave? I <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they were supposed to be taken oh. down well on Wednesday this week. They're still there because the weather wasn't good enough or something. But I don't know. Yeah. No. You know, St. Dennis, Dobbles, they should put in a bid for them, shouldn't they? I was going to say, mate, yeah. Might be worth one of those, making a little cool to see, mate, mate. Half-price floodlights there, mate. Yeah, because they can't take them up to the new ground, can they? So uh, Exactly. No, it looked good at St. Dennis or Dobbles, mate. They were, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. So Yeah, get on the phone, mate. Get on the phone. So. Sort out a cheap price, mate. <laughs> cheap price. I think they had them up a bit as well, City, didn't they? A couple of seasons ago, didn't they? Yeah, I think had so. Well, yeah, because they had to, or they had to be a higher grade because of the step level they were That's playing right. at, wasn't it? So That's right, yeah. So probably, yeah, you know, good lights. probably yeah. one of the better sets around, I would have thought. Definitely, mate. Yeah. Well, apart yeah. from when, yeah, apart from when they went off in was that, that was a cup game or something, wasn't yeah. it? When they went off in Truro yeah. and losing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncanny that. Uncanny that. <laughs> yeah. What are you suggesting? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I would, I would say that. Not those honest Tronians. I'm, I'm one myself. Mate. I'm one myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Goalkeepers, oh, Rappu. How many goalkeepers yeah. did Cam mention in that interview? Um, I'll go 14, mate. Oh, not quite as many as that. I, I made oh, a note, and there's, well, 11, I think, um, I oh. came up with. So, And that's yeah. including the likes of Yetzi and Jake Ash and Marcus yeah. Martin. So, um, yeah. so yeah. you know, Cam was sitting on the fence, you know, listing some money. But there was one that I'd actually forgotten about, Harvey Rivers. And that was always very confusing because yeah. Harvey Rivers was there the same time as Corey Harvey. 
and so yeah. you're never quite sure who we were talking about but uh, but yeah, yeah yeah i remember that my yeah, i used to get them confused as well <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so uh, but a good keeper so can mention mate any year tom McHale, mate no playing pro football in scotland mate any Martin Rice and all, mate, you know, had a good career, didn't he? Torquay and that, played in the FA Trophy final for Torquay at the new Wembley, mate. Oh, yeah. I was at that game. Lost 1-0 to Absolute, mate, they did, mm. that day. Yeah, lovely old, you know, proper Wembley final, that one. But, but so they've had some pretty big names between the old six, mate, haven't they, over the last 15, 20 years sort of thing, mate, City, haven't they, really? Yeah, but, they've done all right, haven't they? And there's also the likes of yeah. Ollie Shanaweth, um he was yeah, in goal there, yeah. wasn't he? Um, I can't think of... I think that probably um, is most of them that either Cam mentioned or or we've touched on. Um, you mentioned yeah. Andy Butcher earlier, didn't you? He Butch, was uh, yeah, in goal Butch, for Turin. On the bench at Wembley, mate, wasn't yeah, he? On the yeah. bench at Wembley, that day, Butch, mate. Yeah. Yeah, good lad. Good lad, mate. Plays for Penryn, I think. Yes. Got a big, got a big beard on in the ass, mate, now, Butch. Seen his beard, have you, mate? <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a cracker, mate. Cracker. <laughs> Who was the best keeper that you played with in your time, mate, at Draw City? Uh, and that is a difficult question, that is. Well, I was trying to think when you were, um, you know, talking about your goal key- oh, goalkeepers yeah. in the past, I was trying to think of who I would choose. And I, I mean, Dennis Anir, actually, he was just starting... Um, yeah, youngster. Wasn't yeah, it? that's right. He was just starting. It's, so it's, it's been interesting to yeah. see how how he um, has uh, developed. Um, Bobby Wignall. We haven't mentioned Bobby Wignall. He no, was there, of course. Bobby, Someone you yeah. know quite well. So uh, that's it, mate. Yeah. yeah. Good outfield player as well, mate. Bobby. Yeah. Sunday league, mate. Brilliant sweeper. Also, Bobby. we've got through yeah. quite a few goalkeepers. We had Pete Childs there was uh, in goal. No, he's a big guy. Oh, yeah, big guy. He is a big guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Big guy who was actually not a bad goalie either. So, no, And he talked about outfield players one. going in goal. Bernie Smith was a good goalie. Was he, Bernie? Mate? He was, yeah, he was, mate, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now, you say, yeah. Yeah. I think he played for Malabar a few times in goal, mate, Bernie. Yeah. So, uh, remember that. Yeah, yeah. L- lots of goalies that um, we've we've played with and, and seen. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. And also, if you want to listen back to any previous podcasts of Cornish Soccer, they are all available at anchor.fm slash Cornish Soccer. Thank you. Shall we start on our goalkeeping guests of the yes. episode? Um, first up is, uh, well, a man you've already mentioned, Barry John Wyatt, giving his full name, a very popular and entertaining man between the sticks. Well, how many seasons have you been playing in goal then, Barry? Oh, probably from the age of 16, so... What am I put up? 16 seasons, 32. About half your lifetime. Yes. <laughs> does, yeah. it, does it seem that long or not? <laughs> yes, it, well, you can imagine being a goalkeeper, you've got to have a bit of a screw loose anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it does take its toll a little bit. Yeah, is it actually your preferred position? It's the one I find I'm better at, yes. <laughs> yeah, but if you had the choice, if you were manager and you were picking a team, where would you pick yourself? Probably in goal. Yeah? Yeah, probably in goal. I do like playing outfield. Um 
but my fitness ain't nothing. Well, I've never been fit, I've got to be honest with you, but I don't mind playing outfield now and again, but I couldn't do it full-time, I don't think. Not for a minute. Ah, right. That surprises me, but uh, there we go. <laughs> so, what makes a good goalkeeper, then? <sighs> um, confidence. I think confidence is a massive thing in goal. Um, not just for yourself, but for the team as well. Um, got to have a voice on you. I'm not sure of that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, got to be organised. You know, you've got to talk to the players in front of you um, and everything else. Yeah, it's confidence, I think, is, is the main thing. A lot of keepers coming through now have got the ability, you know, brilliant hands and everything else. It's just the confidence that they're lacking um, at the minute, I think. And that's, yeah, that makes a huge difference in goal. Yeah. I say for yourself and for the team that you've got in front of you. Yeah. And you've got to, well, we all say that actually to be in goal, you've got to be a little bit mad as well, haven't you? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. It's not nice diving at people's feet um, and balls coming at you at God knows how many miles per hour. Um, but, yeah, you've got, to have a, you've got to have something about you to play in goal. What's the worst injury you've ever had? Touch wood, Dave. Touch wood. I've uh, a broken nose. Oh. A broken nose, and that was for Helston against Falmouth All right. about three seasons ago. I actually headbutted my own player. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Came out for a uh, cross was coming in from the left hand side. As I've turned to step and then as I've jumped, Aaron Colick was um at the back and I ran straight and jumped straight into him. Oh, cool. And my nose exploded across my face. So, yeah, that's the worst one I've had so far. Touch right. wood and I'm quite happy with that to be fair. I've been quite lucky. Right. And um have you had much in the way of coaching? No, not really. Um, from a young age, obviously, my father used to play in goal um, and obviously used to play fullback for Red Roof. Um, he used to take me out in the garden, out in the field, and he used to do a bit of training with me. Um, the only other thing I had was when I had that little spell at Truro. Um, I was being trained by Deba um, mm-hmm. with the first team um, goalkeepers. And then a little bit then with Matt George at Halston, which he was absolutely unbelievable. Really, really good. Highly recommend the man. I always think, um, poor old goalies, you know, you have a bit of a hard deal when it comes to training and stuff like that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you know, when you go junior clubs and, and whatnot, it's training's all about shooting practice more than anything for the, for the strikers and the outfield players. And you're just stuck in goal, just, you know, doing what you can. Yeah. Balls flying everywhere. But the likes of obviously when I was at Truro and Halston, and to be fair, Luggan now I've got Mark Waters um, doing a hell of a lot with me at uh, Luggan at the minute. Um, so yeah, they we kind of go off separately in our training and then get involved last half hour for shooting practice mm-hmm. as well. So no, I know. Yeah, it's good. yeah I, I know that your dad is probably your your special goalkeeping hero as such. But have you got any others? Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel, without a doubt, yeah. he's he was unbelievable. He was the he's my idol growing up, along with my old man, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, as a goalkeeper, he was oh, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And I guess that one of the things you've seen um, change over the recent years is the fact that you use your feet more, uh, or goalkeepers use your feet more. And I guess that's probably right up your street, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I yeah, I think it's brilliant. They've uh, it's now started, you know, 
keepers are using their feet a lot more. We then act as another, you know, an outfield player. So you have 11 players on the pitch, um, which obviously makes it easier to break teams. Well, should make it easier to break teams down, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's a massive benefit for clubs if you've got a goalkeeper who can use their feet and they're confident and happy to have it back and play from play out from the back. Of course, the only disadvantage, I suppose, is it's OK us watching it on tally and, and they're doing it, but some of the surfaces you would play on, um, you might get a few little dodgy bobbles, wouldn't you? Yeah, I've had quite a few of those days, I'll be honest with you. I've had quite a few, and as you can imagine, I'd never blame myself. It's always over the ground or the defender that passes the ball back to me, to be fair. <laughs> Why did he pass it? Why did he pass exactly. it? Yeah. Probably because I was shouting and screaming at him because I wanted it. <laughs> right. You've had four goals this season playing for a Luggan. Have, have they all been penalties or what? All penalties, yeah. Yeah, all penalties. Any blast them, uh, I expect? Um, I generally pick a spot, same way pretty much every time. And yeah, just, just hit it. <laughs> I'm quite confident, I've got to be honest, when it comes to penalties. So, what about yeah, saving them? It. What about saving them? I used to be pretty good. My record's not very good at the minute. <laughs> oh, right. Tell us hasn't more. Been very, hasn't been very good recently, I don't think. But it's a 50-50, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's You've got to guess the right way, and my luck's obviously not in when it comes to saving them. I, I suppose at this level, it is all luck, really, isn't it? You just guess the right way, and you've got a good chance. Of, well, you've got a better chance of stopping it. Yeah. Again, growing up, obviously, old man used to say to me about penalties, it's all about the angle that they're running and, you know, just before they kick it, you know, which way the body's angled. But it's it's that split decision. It's, you know, you've got to make a, make your mind up before, you know, as a player puts the ball down on the spot and just you've got to go with it. Do you know what I mean? Plenty of times I've done it myself, you just hesitate and you look like a lemon just stood in the middle of the goal and not moved at all, like, you know? Yeah. So it is a, it's a chance on penalties. But we're never, we're always the underdogs when it comes to saving penalties. Yeah. The goalkeeper, the striker, or the penalty takers always, they're the uh, odds favourites, to be fair. Yeah. What about penalty shootouts? You've been involved in many of those or not? Um, yeah, been a few. A few with a luggin. Sup Cup, I think it was. Cool, about six, seven, seven years ago, possibly. We were playing against Holmans at a luggin. Um, penalty shootout. Um, took the first one, scored, and then saved three consecutive afterwards. Oh. So I was quite, I was quite happy with that. I bet you're glad I asked nice you that one. Yeah, always <laughs> nice taking the penalty first because if I do miss, at least I can uh, try to, you know, make up for it if you like. Yeah. Trying to save the rest of them. So um, the other one I think was for Halston. Um, I think Sid and Rich were involved at the time, and we used up St Blazy. Um, yeah, and done all right there. Saved a few on that one. We went through, come end up. I remember actually now you're saying about playing for Helston. Um, there was a, a bad memory of you going back to play against Helston, wasn't there, not so long ago when you were playing for Penzance? Yes, yes. That, yeah. that must have taken some getting over, I would have thought. Yes, it was one of those games where it was quite fresh, obviously being released, if you like. It's a probably the nicest way to put it, um, from Houston. And, uh, yeah, not long playing against them and then having a massive drumming of 11-0, I think it was, or 11-1. I think it was, yeah, that, was, uh, that wasn't that was very nice at all. 
And what a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. And what, what about the the other side of the fence where you're obviously playing behind a, a good team and you've got nothing to do? I mean, that must... I, I imagine for someone like you, you, that must be pretty hard to take as well. Yeah. I, again, it's... it's as a goalkeeper, you've always got something to do. You know, whether you're organising your back four or, you know, the players in front of you, you're always involved one way or another. But it it does get a little bit boring, if you like, sometimes <laughs> if you've got, a, I say, a good bunch of boys in front of you and, you know, you're not you're not being tested or anything like that. But you've just got to try to keep your, you know, keep concentrated. I you, kind of drift a little bit sometimes. I was going to say, are you good at, <laughs> I, I don't imagine you're good at concentrating, are no, you? No, I kind of do get waylaid a little bit and talk to <laughs> Anyone. spectators a little bit and whoever's willing to listen to me, if you like. So, And uh, I mentioned about the, 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 you know, goalkeepers now use their feet more. What about the gloves? They look, they look really clunky these days. Yeah, they've... It's like everything, isn't it? You know, football boots... They've all changed now. They've got a lot lighter, and obviously the colours have changed. Got a hell of a lot brighter. You can't seem to find a just a normal pair of black boots anymore like you used to. And the gloves are pretty much the same. They, they've a lot of people, uh, goalkeepers are wearing finger saves now, where they've got the protective bones inside to you know help. Oh right. Um, help with your fingers. Yeah. Um, so they don't bend back or overextend back. Um, and whatnot. I don't tend to use them because I don't feel I've got enough, you know, hand-like feel around the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've changed a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot, and they are, again, just they're, they're getting better. They're getting lighter. The grip seems to be getting a hell of a lot better. Um, um, and whatnot. How much are a decent pair of goalkeeping gloves these days? <sighs> again, they range from anywhere between thirty to one hundred and fifty. So right. I've been quite lucky. I've I've gone with um, a couple of brands at the minute. Um, one's a local lad, Spider Paul Hyder. Yeah. Um, one Sport. Yeah. The gloves he's he's produced at the minute they've been absolutely brilliant. And J4K, which Matt George got me onto. Again, another, and they're reasonably priced. I think I paid thirty or forty pound. I think they're thirty pound actually for my gloves, or two for fifty. <laughs> so and they they seem to. They've been brilliant, to be fair. Really right. comfortable, long-lasting, everything you want in a pair of gloves, to be fair. <laughs> now, what's this I uh, hear that you've signed for St. Blasey? Yes, yep, signed on for St. Blasey for cover. Phil Lafferty phoned me up a couple, about two, three weeks ago, asked where my thoughts are um, with football um, and the coming seasons, which my reply is, to be fair, I haven't got a clue when we're going to start. Uh, um if any time this year or when the season is going to get up and running again. Um, he explained that he wanted to obviously build a side to compete uh, when the season's up and running and everything else. Um, will I be willing to sign on as cover to start with and to see how it goes forward, which I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where that is at the minute. All right. Are you one for actually, you know, perhaps a, a mini cup competition, or you just? Yes, I'm. I, I think like a lot of players at the minute, I'm just missing the, the socialising on on the football field, you know, before and after, you know, and just go out and kick a ball around with, you know, good mates and all. Yeah. I think it's a good idea, even if it's you know at pre-season a pre-pre-season cup competition. I think would be really good, just to get everyone back to some sort of normality again. Yeah. 
And final question, Barry, what about the goalkeepers around at the moment? Who are the ones that you think are the best around? Chat, uh, Chapman, obviously, Sinostal way, he's outstanding. I've got a lot of time, you know, a lot of praise for Chapman. Shawnee Carter, um, who was a luggin, Kate Hale, St. Day, I think he's now St. Dennis signed on. Um, very, very good keeper. Uh, Craig Clinton, very good. Who's he um, playing for at the moment? Craig Clinton, I think he is at Redruth United. Oh, right. Redruth United at the minute. Yeah. And Kieran Daughtry, obviously he's a, he was my understudy, if you like, um, at Houston when I was there. And his handling is probably one of the best I've, I've seen around. His handling was absolutely phenomenal. I haven't seen a goalkeeper, especially his age, with hands like Kieran. Um, the only thing he lacked was his confidence, mm. which, to be fair, is the only way you're going to get that is playing more games. You know, we all make mistakes. Sadly, for goalkeepers, when we make mistakes, it's normally, you know, <laughs> very, very costly for us and the team. Yeah. But he's, yeah, Kieran is one to look out for for the future. I think he's very, very good. How many more years are you going to carry on playing? As long as I can, Dave. As long as I can, I've got to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm looking for another few good years yet. Good. You'll still be hearing me from the sideline, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. Well, thanks so much, Barry. Thanks for coming on. And uh, No problem at all. Keep it going. And yourself, mate. Look after yourself. Thank you, Dave. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. I was surprised, Rappo, that he actually realised that goalkeeper was his proper and preferred position yeah I've actually wrote that down deep actually mate he, he's a talented lad Barry mate isn't he like you said he, he, he's, he's a really good outfield player as well mate you know I've seen Barry play out as well he, he, he's really good but um, you know he was, obviously he was taking a lug in penalties this season mate which saves yeah. it all really deep, doesn't it? Yeah. so yeah but you know still only 32 mate so plenty of good seasons and then yeah I mean probably only just in his prime as a keeper really deeps and he's 32 so would have have thought so nothing phases Baz mate too much you know I don't think to be honest mate and he's I think he's a perfect mentality for a keeper (laughs) mate you know brave agile vocal you know go on say it say it well, obviously, a bit nuts as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, not nuts. Baz is nuts. He'll be around you your place mean? tonight. Look out. Yeah, he will, mate. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Baz knocking at the door, mate. <laughs> <laughs> playing against his dad was bad enough, mate. But, uh, yeah, playing against John. But, nah, he's a great lad, mate, isn't he? And, yeah, you know, brave, agile, vocal, mate. You know, he's got a lot, really, mate. Obviously, I don't think there's no one better in the county either with the ball at his feet either, Dick, you know, like with the pass back, really, really suit, you know, modern day football. Yeah, you know, well, really he, as you say, he takes the penalties, he takes the free kicks, doesn't he? Yeah. That if, even yeah. those that are fair way up the pitch, he'll take the free kick. And you mentioned about um, him taking the penalties out of vision of what, that'd be interesting. I mean, he can kick a, a decent ball. Imagine him taking a penalty, it hits a crossbar and <laughs> pings back out, goes fair way up the pitch can you imagine Barry yeah. chasing back? I don't, would he bother? <laughs> <laughs> I know, mate, yeah. I reckon it would bounce a fair way as well, mate, because Barry don't have strike a ball, mate. Yeah, that's right. So I think if it, yeah, if it did hit the ball like flat, you know, that would pr- pr- probably go back to the halfway line, mate. <laughs> yeah. Vision of him racing back. Hmm. Yeah. 
Hopefully, it'd be downhill. I'd like it, mate, wouldn't it? Back towards the clubhouse might make it easier. But yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, great lad, mate. Brilliant keeper. Good interview, that thing. Enjoyed that with Darren, mate. Yeah, well, they're all yeah, good interviews. Good. No matter what they say, yeah. it's all very good, and and we welcome all our guests on each week. You know, it's it's always good to get um, different yeah. ones on, and we've certainly got different ones on this week uh, with five newbies. So great stuff. Thanks to all of them. So next up, another keeper coming now, and it's one who possibly over recent seasons hasn't been the busiest because it's Saltash United's Ryan Rickard. But has he always been a goalie or not? Um, well, yeah, played outfield till I was about 12, and then our keeper left. And someone thought, he's not that good outfield, we'll just shove him in go. And it sort of uh, worked out from there, yeah. So, how old are you now? Uh, 26 now. 26? Blimey. Didn't yeah, think, getting on with it. Yeah, I didn't think you were that old. So, and um, so, where have you played before ending up at Sodash then? Um did a few seasons at Plimstock. That was a good laugh. Just knocked about there. Then went to Elberton for a year and conceded a shed load of goals. <laughs> but it was a good apprenticeship. You sort of facing tons of shots, loads of action each week. And then uh, one of the coaches there spoke to Cousy and said, look, even though he's conceded a lot, <laughs> he's not that bad. <laughs> so he really wanted to get rid of you, didn't he? That's what it was. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it was quite funny. The uh, first sort of pre-season meeting we had, I walked in and everyone thought, oh yeah, this must be the new left-back. Five foot nothing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it all went well from there, really. Because you're not the tallest of keepers, are you? No, yeah, I'll be the first one to admit that. Yeah, so, well, no, you sort of, if you can jump high, kind your box a bit, makes up for it, really, I think. I, I suppose, if anything, that's probably been your, your biggest sort of uh, issue, I suppose, has it, or not? Been, you know, been lacking a few inches? Um. Well, yeah, say that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, um, I guess getting bombarded at corners and stuff like that, it can be an issue sometimes, but I think you just try and keep yourself athletic. If you can shot stop and get into the bottom and top corners by being fit, then you can try and make up for it a bit, I think. Yeah. You mentioned the likes of Plimstock, Elberton, obviously Sodash now. What about coaching? Have you had much in the way of coaching along the way? Not really. I think that's... One of the things that keepers throughout most teams could do with help, really, sort of, you sort of, most of your outfield mates go sort of disappear for 45 minutes and you're stuck on your own in a corner. But, yeah, it's a bit tricky sometimes. Yeah, it's always struck me as being a bit of a lonely position, really, in the sense that not only on, on a match day, uh, if you're doing well or if your team's doing well, but training... You know, I can remember when I was playing, that goalies basically had to do what we did or that was it. Yeah, that never gets on well with the rest of them because my touch isn't brilliant. So you stick me in a rondo and there's balls flying everywhere. It's, yeah, never good. <laughs> right, so you've had some good times at Sultash. Um You obviously don't regret the move. It's probably a very good move for you. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I've been there, well, I think this is my fifth year now. I can't see me leaving, really, unless Buns wants to get rid of me. But, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great team. I think all the jigsaw pieces are slowly starting to fall into place now. It's all We've made a couple of good signings this year with Slates and Chard coming over as well. And if we can try and really push for the Western, I think that's where we all want to be, really. Yeah, it must be so frustrating, though, in, in the sense that obviously last season you were doing well, this season you're doing well, and no promotion for you to, to take. Well, I mean, not just us. Like You look at all the other teams like Helston, Malzo, it's just it's a massive shame, really, because 
that Western League could be quite a good league. You've got, well, I know Parkway are going to go up, but Tavi, Exmouth, you get a few of our teams in there, Tall Point, could be a good local little league then. Do, do you think it's a shame that actually sides from the Peninsula didn't start sort of showing the ambition a little bit earlier? So the Western League now could could have been almost dominated by Cornish sides. Um, I, I can sort of see why they didn't. I mean, if you've got lads who are working nine till five and then they've got to travel midweek, it's it's a big commitment. But yeah, from I think yeah, it's a bit of a shame really. Because yeah, if you like the Bobman, that Bobman side that was unreal was that five six years ago. Mm. Like they'd have easily been in there and stuff like that. They'd have a good local league, really, like you say. Okay, we're well back to the goalkeeper. You know, I'm just thinking you're behind a good side. How do you keep the concentration going when there must be games you you played over the last few years where you haven't had that much to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, talking nonsense helps. I mean, if you stand behind the goal, that's <laughs> sort of <laughs> most of the game, really, just talking absolute nonsense at my defence. But, yes, it can be tricky. I mean, the boys in front of me are so good. You, you know, you get games where you've got one or two saves to make, a few good kicks, and that's it, really. I mean, it's yeah, it can be tricky. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the, the lads in front of you. I suppose w- one of the things against rotation is perhaps having a, a back line that switches around a bit, isn't it, for you as a goalie? Oh, massively. I remember well, my first season, I think we, our first 10 games we won on the bounce. I think we had 23 or 24 clean sheets that season. Ooh. And I don't think our back, we had, a, well, we had five defenders and like three centre backs. Our left and right back didn't change at all, it was just a solid back four. Throughout the whole year, I mean, that speaks for itself, really. Yeah, made it easy for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at looking at the league table for this season. Soldash conceded 22 goals. Yeah, not on, is it? <laughs> <laughs> why, why are we interviewing you? I don't know, but... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, football these days, there does seem to be more goals. Now, it, I, I reckon that's because teams seem to be so much more attackive than they used to be. Uh, and they don't worry about the defence so much. Um, Got to be more work for you, I guess, in the long run. Yeah, but we've had that hammered into us. Buns wasn't happy at the start of the season. Knowing we did, we put our hands up. We started sloppily. It was just I don't know whether it was the break or not. But we made a little sort of tactical change about five or six games in, and that made a massive difference. Really, I think quite a lot of those twenty-two goals was it. Mm. Probably over a half or two-thirds of them were in the first. Five, well, not five or six, but the first part of the season, we've shorted up since then. So it's not been too bad. Who's the best side you played against this season in the Peninsula? Uh, oh, in the Peninsula? I was, I was about to say Street and FA Cup. Uh-huh. That. Um, Peninsula-wise, Mauser were good. We snuck a win down there. I mean, everyone played well, but I mean, you know, the way they play football is not a joy to watch when you're playing against them, but no, they're, they're a quality football side. And what about what what for you then makes a good goalkeeper? Um, I mean, shot stopping's got to be your number one thing. I mean, I know everyone talks about distribution. I mean, I'm I'm just happy if it goes over the halfway line, stays in the pitch. To be honest. Hey, come on! You, you spend a lot of time <laughs> in the warm-ups with your kicking practice. Yeah, I, oh, the the standard there's Corey. I mean, all the boys give me stick for it. I mean, he can he can put it on a ten pound spot, but <laughs> I think that's. That's coming more into it now. Yeah. But it used to be lump it up the field, let the strikers deal with it, but there's more pressure on us to like give a nice ball into your outfield players now. 
But yeah, I think, yeah, short stopping, distribution, then command in your box, probably third. I mean, I'm sure other keepers have got different orders of that. But uh, And I think um, the, the talking side of things is a big thing, isn't it? For, you know, if you can help a defender out, it's got to be a great asset. Yeah, I mean, if the, it's whether they listen to it or not, <laughs> but it's always good to just try and give them as much information as you can. It helps them massively, I mean. I'm sure they'd wish I'd shut up half the time, but <laughs> it's just organising your back four. Like I said, it sort of keeps you in the game. If your team's dominating possession, gives you something to focus on and think about, it also helps them out. So, yeah, sort of, yeah, it is a big one. And you, you mentioned Corey Harvey. Who, for you, are the best goalies uh, around at the moment? Well, we've, we've got quite a few, haven't we, I think. I'm rubbish with names, you'll you have to forgive me, but the the Farmer Vlad, he's been there a while, isn't he? Is Ryan he? Barnes. Yeah, I mean he's a top keeper. I mean I'm trying to think who else. It's an Austin lad, he's Chapman. been there years, isn't he? Yeah, Youngster down there, Jason Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> he's been there years, isn't he? But yeah, I think we've we've got some quite good keepers in the league. It's, it's not been too bad. You've got um Josh Oakes, I mean, I know he's the league above in Tavi, but yeah, yeah so I think we've got uh, yeah, some good keepers. Do you sort of share, uh, do you have much contact with fellow goalkeepers in the league or not? Um, I don't know, you see them at match days and you get on with them, keepers union a bit, but I wouldn't say so much outside of football. It's, you just sort of crack on and do your own thing, really, I think. It's a bit of a lonely position, really, isn't it? Uh, it can be, yeah, especially if you drop a clanger. I mean, that happens a few times. <laughs> sort of managers giving you a stick, your outfield <laughs> players giving you a stick. What's, a, on your what's the best clanger you've, you've dropped then? Oh, there's a long list. <laughs> I think there's a one. We had a semi-final against Falmer. I think it was one all or two all at the time. I've dropped one in with about ten minutes to go, and then uh, luckily Henry Wilson's smashed me into the top corner. I'm sure there's a video somewhere. <laughs> he always digs it out. <laughs> so, saved my bacon. That so day. he saved your life. Yeah, that's right. Trophies-wise, well, you, you've picked up um, Senior Cup, have you, and uh, and a League Cup. Yeah, League Cup, yeah, 1-0 yeah. down at Blaze Park. So, Just the uh, league title to go. Yeah, well, that's it sort of eluded Saltash a little bit, hasn't it, over, well, since you've been there. I don't, I'm sure that's not a coincidence, but... Um, no, it's a bit of a strange one. I think we've always done well in cup competitions, but, yeah, the league seems to have eluded us. I mean, the last two years, the signings we've made, I mean, Danny Lewis, he's getting on for 45 now, but his experience of winning leagues is just uh, helps us along, I think. The signings that we made, Slate's proven league winner. I think, like I said earlier, that all the pieces are starting to come together now. It's just a shame these last two years with COVID that we haven't managed to complete. I think we're getting there compared to where we were three or four years ago. And if there's one striker around that always seems to score against you, who would that be? Oh, um, Can't be many that are regular goal scorers against you, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, I have to wrap my brains. Um, rubbish for names again. The lad at Falmouth who uh, moved up the line. Oh, Jordan in here? Yeah, I mean, he was always good against Clinica. Yeah. And you'll find some teams where their striker will have four or five chances, maybe one or two will be on target. Everything he hit was on target and you had to save it. So, <laughs> yeah, that'd be the one. Uh, That's dreadful one. seeing his dad was a goalkeeper as well, isn't it? You would have thought he'd take a bit of sympathy <laughs> on goalies. But... Uh, Penalties? You're only good at stopping those? Oh, no. All the boys will tell you I'm rubbish. I like to think I'm all right at them. <laughs> all the boys think I've never saved one. Managed to dig one out of the park for this year in the FA Cup. Oh, yeah. 
But, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. p- penalty shootouts, do you appear, have you had many of those or not? Um, no, I think that was the only one we had. It was quite good, actually. We had a pre-season friendly the week before. And the, at the end of the match, we sort of did a penalty shootout to prepare for it. So whether that helped us a bit part of it might have made a difference. But. Basically, though, you just have to guess almost, don't you, as to you know whether you're going to be going the right way or not. Oh, completely. I mean, it's it's quite good for keepers, really. I mean, you don't get the blame if they go in. If yeah. you save one, you look a hero. So <laughs> Can't lose. Yeah. OK, well, thanks, Ryan, for coming on. Um, the, the goalkeeper is in the professional scene. Uh, who's, who are the ones that you like most? Um, Pickford, he's a bit of a short-ass as well, isn't he? So I can sort of... <laughs> short-ass <laughs> union, by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in for a lot of stick, though. Yeah, I, I know. I think when, it's strange. It's sort of His form dips in and out sometimes, but I think he's a good keeper. And then if you look at Edison for City, his distribution with his feet is unbelievable. I mean... That's the gold standard there, really, isn't it? Do you ever cringe, though, when, you, when you're when you watching it on the telly and they just play it out a couple yards and then they'll knock it back to the keeper, keeper will knock it to you know five yards to someone else, then it'll come back to the keeper. And I think, they're going to get caught out. Has that ever happened yeah. at Soldash? I'm trying to rack my brains. I don't think it has. Normally, I'll just lump it up the field. I'm not a massive fan of playing around with it in the six-yard box. I mean, we, all, we do try and play out from the back at Soldash, but, yeah. Not a big fan of that sort of... It's just a bit too dangerous for me, I think. I was going to say, probably Let's... safer not to with the likes of, you know, the inexperienced uh, Danny Lewis and Callum O'Brien. It's, you know, <laughs> you've got to be careful, haven't you? Yeah, just lump it up the field, let Husey deal with it. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks so much, Ryan. All the best for the rest of the season. Well, what are your thoughts on the season? Are we going to see any more football or not? Oh, well, fingers crossed we do. I mean, I know there's some news that have just come out about possibly not allowing fans in, but mm. we've just got to hope for the best haven't we I mean I'm looking forward to it I really hope we can get some football played you're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix in his fifth season at Saltash Rappo yeah he's fresh faced Deke isn't he like I said you, <laughs> you wouldn't think Ryan's that old really mate would you I mean you know like you kindly mentioned to him mate he's not the biggest in stature is he <laughs> that young face mate makes him look, look young mate doesn't it yeah that's right but, uh, but he does make up for that, Donny, in agility and athleticism, mate, Donny, and he's a good shot stopper, mate, isn't he? Yeah, and it goes to show, I mean, he mentioned the, the Soldash-Mosel game this season, and I, I was there at that game, and that game must have had the two, yeah, I'm not, you know, picking on them, but the two shortest oh, goalkeepers yeah. in the league, I would imagine. Yeah. It must be, mustn't it? Ryan and, and Corey Harvey, Corey. I mean... Yeah, but so it goes to show that yeah, okay, it does help if you're six foot four and whatever, but you don't have to be, do you? No, exactly, mate. And they're two like two of the best teams in the league, mate, isn't they? Yeah, not exactly, yeah, not so. Yeah, you know, like both teams got sort of five foot seven keepers or whatever, mate. Five foot eight, five foot seven. Yeah, yeah, don't mean anything, mate. Like Ryan said, mate, so you didn't jump, mate. You know, and I suppose having them big centre halves that salt ash in front of him. Especially at set pieces, probably helps a bit, mate, doesn't it? But mm. as well, don't have to command your box. Probably your six-yard box would do, mate, wouldn't it? With those guys in front of you, mate. But, yeah. but, but I remember, I remember the game he said, mate, Ryan, said about mate the, the mistake you mentioned. You know, at Sunulster in that semi-final against Bournemouth, mate. Oh right. You know that? Yeah, I was there that night, mate. I was, I was actually at the goal that Ryan was in. I was standing there, mate, and um, and you know at the top side by the tee up, mate, at Polter, and he. 
you know, it was it was a horrendous evening. I mean, oh, oh, for the keeper as well. Was that the one where rain. it was absolutely pelting down in rain and and? Yeah, that's it. Was, was you there? No, I, I wasn't there, there, but I remember watching it on um, uh, the live. Um, oh yeah, coverage Facebook thing. Yeah, Cornwall yeah. Channel or whatever it was called, wasn't it? That's right, it was. Yeah, that's right, it was, mate. Yeah, it was on that. Yeah, yeah, it was a red mistake. It was awful. I was sort of standing against the pier, mate, underneath the tree. <laughs> there, mate, you know, trying to cut cover up as you know, much as I could. And it did make a bad mistake in that game, mate. But to be fair, mate, he made a decent save like, not long after that. So he didn't let his head drop. And I think that's probably really important for a keeper, mate, yeah, isn't it? Not yeah, to that's true. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember playing that front deeks and missing a sitter, mate, and you know, my head would go like for five or ten minutes, you know, you think, oh, how did I do that? Until you get like another chance or score or do something decent, mate, you know, my head used to go for about ten minutes if I made a mistake, but you can't let that happen in goal, mate, can you, really? No, and I'm sure we've both played in games where the goalie's made a terrible mistake and it's cost the, cost us the match. I can remember going back in the, in the change room and it's deadly quiet and no one no one wants to mention yeah. that the goalie made a <laughs> terrible mistake, you know, cost the three no. points or the or the you know next round of the cup or whatever. We've all been there, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, we have, mate. We is, you know, it's a thankless position, Beaks, and you know we make mistakes on the pitch, but they make one, mate, and you know could cost you the game, couldn't it, mate? Yeah. Yeah, admire and make admire for playing in there, mate. Yeah, right. OK, so, yeah, thanks to Ryan there. Um, now, we know the East Cornwall Premier League has finished for this season, but uh, we still want to hear from our regular John Colenso, who brings us up to date. OK, John, well, before we talk about uh, anything to do with goalkeeping, is there any news of anything coming out from the league? Yeah, we had a fresh email this morning, actually, from our... Uh, league secretary just to say that there's been a meeting last night with the leagues and the Cornwall FA um, just for the Cornwall FA to try and sort out getting um, small tournament stroke mini leagues going um, to get football started again which is promising they've obviously said that they, you know they want to sort of help us along or whatever we need to to get started again so that's good Okay. Have you got any sort of inclination uh, within the league as to how many clubs would like to play or or not? I would say the majority would. Um, It does state in the email that there is no, you do not have to do it. Um, It's just for the ones that want to, you know, participate. But um, I think most people want to get back to football. Right. So we'll wait and wait and hear from you as to what's happening on that front then, shall we? Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously now the Cornwall FA have got to wait for the government and the main FA to sort of direct them any further sort of thing. So um, it's all very early stages at the moment. Um, so we just know that we can start training from the 29th of March, like it was originally said. And they're saying potentially sort of mid-April to start friendly stroke tournaments. So... Really, we'll just wait for more guidance from the FA. Right, OK. Well, no doubt um, we'll be updated or with news as the weeks go on on that, on yeah, that front. So. OK, so goalkeepers, have you ever played yeah. in goal yourself? No fear. No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Not ever fancied it? You know, standing in if someone gets injured or no. something like that? 
No, I think I'd rather babysit me pet goldfish or something <laughs> or help me granny cross the road rather than do that, to be honest. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> I thought... A yeah, lot, lot of responsibility on the last man, isn't there? Yes. Well, yes. Yes, there is. But I thought everyone fancied a five minutes in goal with nothing else. But uh, nah, nah, not, for me. not for you. Right. <laughs> no fear. What about this season? I know you've, you you haven't played many games. What, St. Clair only played seven, so you wouldn't have seen all the goalkeepers in the league. But has there been anyone that you sort of remember watching and thinking, oh, he's having a good game? Yeah, um, the lad at St. Stephen, uh, Steve Raven, he's... I've, Saw him a couple of times last season, and he's been there quite a long time. And he he always seems quite a steady Eddie goalkeeper. He's um you know he's got good handling. He's quite a big lad as well. Um, so he stands out. We have actually played them this season. He stands out as a, a decent goalkeeper in our league. And um, Matt Westall at Tor Point, we played them twice, and he performed well both times. So yeah, he's again same sort of size keeper. You know, a decent imposing keeper, good with his hands, good at kicking. So, yeah, those two, really, I would say they were the ones we met. And what about further afield in, in the other uh, teams you might have seen in the county this season? Um, Liscard got a good young keeper, Luke Willem. He's, he's always no, been... You've only said that because he's on the show. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, get on. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a good good young goalkeeper, and obviously his brother plays for us up front. Oh, so... that's, the only, uh, that's the other reason you've said it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping his good books. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Jordan Duffy, good mm-hmm. goalkeeper, um, been at Blazy. Don't want to spread any rumours, but it sounds like he signed for Weybridge today. Oh, right. Yeah, so he's a good goalkeeper. You better not, you'd better not tell us that then. No, no, I won't say that out loud. It's just between you and I, Dave. Yeah, OK, one. right. <laughs> Jordan Duffy signs for Weybridge Town, right, OK. Yeah, yeah. exclusive. Yeah, joining the Revolution, I think it is. <laughs> Revolution, right. <laughs> um, and who else? Oh, obviously, Ollie, Ollie Chenoweth, um, a very good. I watched him training during the summer, and he's. Um, you can see he's been at a professional club, really mm. good trainer, um, wants to work hard, wants to always. He's never thinks he's the best. You know, he always wants to work hard. Um, I was, yeah, I was always impressed with all you when he was at Truro. Actually, um, he was a good. I think he probably joined Truro having been. I'm not sure whether he'd been released from Argot at that stage or whether he'd been to someone else before going to Truro. But but he, he was a good young keeper. But I think uh, in the end he sort of had a clash with working and and couldn't travel and that sort of thing, which yeah. uh, ended his his time at Truro. But he he was promising at that stage. Yeah, no, he's and he's got a re- really good attitude. He's, you know, he was during the summer. There was a lot of emphasis on obviously outfield players, but he would quite happily set up a drill and go and do it himself and just keep, you know, trying to improve himself and make sure he's fit for the season. Um, and I did a couple of kicking exercises with him actually, and he's really accurate. You know, sort of roll a ball into the area for him, and he'll he'll pick certain areas of the pitch. And yeah, I'm quite impressed with how he trained. He really really put effort in. I always feel so, sorry for goalies evening training session or yeah. you know when I used to be playing and, and you know the goalies were left out really weren't they Yeah you don't do a lot of drills with keepers really do you get sort of you know you you dribbling your head in and all that sort of thing but yeah like you say it is a bit crap for goalkeepers really training <laughs> a bit they 
Um, well, I didn't lucky. use those words as such, but well, um, yeah, not so good. <laughs> not so good. But um, we've been lucky at St. Clear. We've got two good young goalkeepers. They sort of um, bounce off each other all the time. So they're, they're always sort of training with each other and, and working hard together, which is a good scenario, really. But if you're sort of training on your own, it's a bit lonely in that. Yeah. So who are your two young goalkeepers? That are... um, we got Harry Jackson, who was with our goal when he was younger. Um, I think he's 22 now. He's been with Argyle. Actually, Ollie used to coach him at Argyle. Oh right. Um, and Oliver Trevathan is the other one. One of the one of our twins, Mick Trevathan's boys. Right. So yeah, he's a good young goalkeeper as well. He's what is he 18 now? So yeah, two good young goalkeepers we've got, which is nice. So compete with each other, pushing each other on. I was going to say one place for your first team, one place for the seconds in the Dutch yeah. Um or not yes in, on and off um, Ollie's been working as well so he's he's been he's played a couple of games for us in friendlies um, he always comes training either way and then yeah he's I think he played a couple of reserve games as well but it's, it's worked out quite well for him with his work so um, Harry's played most of the, all, all the league games I think for us this season right as, as a central defender what bit of advice would you give to a goalie if you're playing behind me, always be on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's, um, no, it's good to have good communication with the goalkeeper. Isn't it? I like to have a loud goalkeeper. lets you know if he's going to come and clatter you or um, if he wants that ball, then it's definitely his. So, yeah, isn't it, there used to be nothing worse than actually you go to pass it back to the keeper and then you look up and the keeper is nowhere where you expected him yeah, to be. Sort of thing. That's right. So, But it yeah, is, it's, it's reassuring though. I mean, like the Liverpool, um, the game a couple of weeks ago when they let in a couple of stupid goals, the defender and the goalie clashed and it's good to see it at the top level, isn't it? It's not just our level. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it can, if, if it's not 100% and you're not communicating, it can happen to anyone, whether you're, like you say, whether you're Premier League or Dutchie 4, it's, uh, it's one of those that you need to be communicating with each other and have a good understanding of each other. Right. Well, I'll communicate with you now and say goodbye. Yes, thank you, Dave. Your Cornish Podcast. Yeah, thanks to John there, bringing us up to date with the league news, that, or what news there is. And, uh, and also the breaking news, Rappo, uh, well... It it may may not quite be happening quite yet. So, you know, um, Jordan though going to Weybridge wouldn't be surprised with you with the connection there now and Matt Hayden. No, no, not at all, mate. That's right, mate. Yeah, that's sort of come into play already, isn't it? I would thought, mate. Yeah, Matt, he's probably had a big say in that one, hasn't he? With, with Rower, like me. Yeah, we'll sign in if it happens, isn't it? Yeah, if it happens, it will be. Although um, I guess it may be put on hold now, might not it? With the Season yeah. in effect finished. Well, finished now. So, um, um, yeah. in fact, any transfers that might have been happening, well, the rest of this month, because I think 31st of March is normally the the transfer deadline, anyway, isn't it? Cut, so, yeah. uh, the cut off, isn't it, mate? Yeah. So to, to say, be honest, teacher, sorry, mate. You, I was going to say, mate, you're probably better off keeping the if you have got a transfer in the bag, you're probably better off keeping it quiet, mate. Isn't you? So yeah. no one. Yeah, and I think actually you save yourself a little bit of money as well because at the moment you'd have to pay for a transfer fee, wouldn't you? So uh, come yeah, come exactly. the summer, come the end of the season, um, that uh, that administration fee doesn't uh, isn't included. Yeah. So I wonder what Phil That's does great. with all that money. Yeah, it's, well. 
All right, there's a couple of nice uh, restaurants and acts that are made in there that, that no film. <laughs> and of course, the other, yeah. whilst we're talking about money, um, obviously the County FA are down on income this year. I, I Well, last two seasons, yeah. aren't they, with disciplinary fees not coming in? Oh, yeah, of course. Make a fortune from them, I should think. Yeah, so. Pay for a few Christmas dues, they were dicks, aren't they? The FA <laughs> fines, mate. Back to our goalkeepers, I think. We better go, don't you? So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's a former goalie. Um, it's Paul Hyder. He doesn't play anymore, but knows a thing or two about gloves. You can't make a living out of that, surely? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so what's so special about, you know, having gloves for a goalkeeper? Uh, obviously, every keeper has them nowadays. The, the technology that's, that's changing them over the years... Um, behind, obviously, back in the day, keepers didn't used to wear gloves at all. No. Um, I suppose the balls were slightly different back then as well. But obviously, from from the eighties, really, I think is when the gloves sort of started to come in. By the late eighties, I think you most keepers were wearing gloves then. Um, you only had very little choice, really. Uh, it wasn't until the nineties when it started to sort of kick off with the different latexes and. Um, the different cuts you could get, the different designs, but obviously the, the, the main the main advantage of it is the, is the latex, is the, the grip you get on the ball is, is much better than than your hands really nowadays. <laughs> right, and but they look so clunky though these days. They look really awkward, if uncomfortable even. Uh, no, if, it all depends. Like I say now, there's so much choice that you can have nowadays. You, you've got so many different cuts. Um, and so many different fits is is completely you know it's whatever the, the keeper feels comfortable in. Um, have you ever, have you never worn a pair, Dave? <laughs> uh, no. Well, um, uh, only sort of uh, I I can remember a sort of almost a Kenny Everett sort of pair of goalkeeper's yeah. gloves, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you, you wear them, you'll understand. You know, they're, they're not just designed for grip. You've got an element of protection in there as well so you've got the the latex is usually about sort of four mil you've got the padding take the sting out the shots um i mean i I personally i've never felt the gloves have been clunky at all Mm. um you know from from my playing days from even the 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 ones i used to have when i first started you you, you always you just give you a bit more confidence because you know the, the grip is there yeah and uh from what i've i've um learnt on this podcast is that there's even sort of protection for your fingers isn't there yeah i i think adidas were the first ones to bring out um finger saves that was that would have been late 90s i reckon i think i remember shay given being one of the first ones to, to wear them um it's basically some plastic strips in the back end you can you can, you can remove them so we, we've got ones that are uh, removable finger protection so you can take them out and put them into different different fingers or use use all of them oh, but right. they stop your fingers bending back so so you get less finger injuries from them, which I could have done with to the state of my fingers. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have any nasty injuries to your hands? Yeah, I've got, I've got a few. I've, pro- I've probably dislocated, I don't know, four or five of them, I think. One of them doesn't bend at all now. Um, but again, it's, it's all personal preference for goalkeepers. I, I, I hated wearing them because you don't, they do feel bulky. If you've got finger saves in them, they feel bulky. They, yes, they'll stop you hurting your fingers, but you don't get the, the feel on the ball. Um, you know, you, you, you'll find you'll probably drop more crosses than than you would if you've got normal, you know, your normal gloves on because you get they're too they're too. I don't know what the word is uh, too rigid, really. Mm. 
And is this sort of technology improving gloves all the time? I mean, you can't keep on, surely, making better and better gloves. I mean, to be fair, I mean, the only, the only things you really need is the latex. You've got to have the grip. So yeah. there are advancements in latex. The more technology you get in the latex, you, you'll get more durability uh, and obviously more tackiness so you, they stick better. Um, the fit is a big thing as well. So obviously gloves now, you get into more of a, a strapless glove. So there's um, the materials you use now. So we've, we've got a couple of neoprene gloves. So it used to be all latex backhands. So now, now we've gone into sort of neoprene, where it's a much tighter fit. It's much more comfortable on the hand. Um, and obviously, if you've got a really good fitting glove and the, and the grip is there, then it, it's, it's all the better. As I say, the older days, the gloves were a little bit loose, probably. Um, the latex was good, but not as good as it is now. So it, it's, the, there are a lot of gloves out there, a lot of companies out there that use a lot of gimmicks and a lot of marketing to help sell the gloves. But that's all you really need, really, is the grip and the fit. Right. And so when you say we, name your company and, and your products. And uh, all well, obviously, uh, so One Sport. Um, one we've been sport. going, say we, we've been going about, going about 12 years now, I think, um, from from a little corner of a bedroom in my flat to a, <laughs> to a warehouse in, in Launceston now, um, as well as we've, we've literally just partnered up. Um, so there are a couple of people on board with One Sport now. Mm. Um and we now we've just bought a couple of new couple of brands as well. So we own One Sport uh, Karma Goalkeeping and GK Icon, which is GK Icon is a um, a goalkeeping school. We've got about 50, 50 schools around the UK um, and a few in America. Mm. Um, that's run by Richard Lee, ex Watford keeper. Yeah, so he franchises that out from us. Uh, we also have a warehouse in Kansas and Melbourne now. So it's starting to take off. The last year it's gone a bit mad. <laughs> is this all you do then? Uh, it will be all I do by the end of the year, I'm right, sure. Right. Um, but obviously, we've, we've sort of branched out the, the one sport side of things with the with the uh, football deal for the Southwest Peninsula League. Yeah. So obviously, every team uses our, our ball, our match ball. Um, and as of last year, we've started making kit as well. So bespoke football kits. We've got quite a few orders on the books for this season coming. Um, so yeah, it's it started. What the one sport has started to become a more of a football brand and just goalkeeping really right and how does anyone get hold of you then um the website www.onesport.co.uk mm -hmm. um obviously a lot of people have my mobile number <laughs> uh, we will get in a new we'll have a new phone lines installed soon uh like a local phone number as well but um yeah get on the website and there's a contact us page on there you can email us on there right now, I know we, we've spoken to Barry Wyatt on the podcast this week, and he mentioned your clubs. Um, right. Do, do you provide any other that are, you know, of our local goalkeepers that we would know or not? I, I would say several. I mean, it, it's to be fair, the, the thing for me was turning up to local games and seeing both keepers wearing my gloves. It's a, it's a sort of, it was a pride thing, really. You know, it's, it's not really about making the money. It wasn't really about making the money. It was just really, really nice to turn up to games and see... See, other, you know, both teams wearing my gloves. The, the the match being played with a one sport ball and teams wearing one sport kit as well. It's a it's a really you know proud thing for me, really. Uh, and do they have to have a, a sort of a, a a private fitting? You know, like, no, like mean, a wedding dress or they would you go? No, and... it's more it's more if you think shoe size. So everyone everyone's got different size feet and everyone's got different size hands. So you've got gloves. From a from a youth size from three, four, five, six up to seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, I'm a size ten. Right. Um, size eleven is really the biggest you'll go, but it, it's more of a. Yeah, every keeper knows what size they are. 
Right. Interesting. Um, the, the, and obviously, the price range, presumably you can go from fairly low to as much as you want to yeah, spend. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it all depends on the biggest cost in a Golgi glove is the latex. Right. Um, but, I mean, the, the reason I started One Sport originally was the fact that gloves just kept getting more and more expensive. So I, I, I tried to source um, gloves from, from the factories myself. Mm. Uh, so I could so I could basically make a glove that was a, a good price, but as good a quality as the, as the top brands, um, which is what we definitely do now. I mean, the gloves are as good as any out there, really. Um, and at the moment, the maximum price for our gloves is 50 quid, whereas you've got a lot of the top-end ones can be 100. There's some gloves out there at 200 quid, which is just nuts. Ooh, Anyone paying yeah. that is crazy. Yeah. Obviously, you were a goalkeeper. What makes a good goalie? Uh, I suppose it's changed a lot over the years, really. Um, nowadays, you're, you're expected to be more of a more of an outfield player. Yeah. So obviously, you, you know your distribution's got to be really good. You've got to be confident with the ball at your feet. Um, I suppose you're much more involved in the game nowadays than what you used to be. But I suppose the, the fundamentals of goalkeeping haven't changed. I mean, the whole idea is keeping the ball out of the net. So you've obviously got to be a good shot stopper. Again, that's just probably a lot. A lot of people say, "Oh, he's a good shot stopper," but you've got to be that to be a keeper. So if you're not a good shot stopper, you shouldn't really be playing in goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that sort yeah, of so confidence it's, it's, and talking and all that sort massive. of stuff. Yeah, com- I, mean, I suppose confidence is big no matter what you do, really, in, in sport, if you're an outfielder as well. But I don't know if it's slightly different for a keeper because the, if you've got confidence, your, your decision-making is better. You know, if you're coming for crosses and stuff like that, decision-making for me is one of the biggest things in goalkeeping because you can make it so much easier on yourself, on your defenders, um, and when you're confident, you, you know, you, your decision making is brilliant. It always is. Any howlers that you can remember? <coughs> oh, several. <laughs> What's the best one? Oh, <laughs> off my head. I remember one down at Penryn. Came came for a cross, and in my head, I'd already caught it, and I'd already thrown it to Sean Turner out on the left wing. Right. And by the time I thought I'd thrown it, it was already in the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you can get ahead of yourself sometimes when, yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, they're, they're, I suppose every keeper has howlers, but it, it's part and parcel of the game. It's how you deal with that afterwards, really. You just yeah. sort of forget about it and crack on. Yeah, I, I suppose mentally it could play on you quite a bit, couldn't it? 100%, yeah. And, and again, that's, that's where you've got, to be, you've got to be mentally strong to be a keeper. You've got to be a bit crazy. You know, if you if you can block that from your mind and carry on, then you you know you you in the right direction. Right. And, and last question: Did you have any sort of opposing striker that always scored against you, no matter what you did? I think we obviously played against some brilliant strikers yeah. in, in the early days of the Southwest League when it was when it when it was good, like just Andy Sargent and Rappo and stuff like that. But I think. I think Glenn Hooper was the one that always used to get a goal against me, and he was probably one of the probably one of the best I played against. I think. Mm. Right. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Paul. Um, one sport is your glove, and as you said, you know more than more than just gloves by the sounds of it exactly. these days. Yeah, yeah. Anyone needs anyone needs a, a kit? Get in touch. Right. We'll do. Right. Thanks so much, and thanks. all the best. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Yeah, thanks to Spider there for um, coming on and a bit of a plug for his business. One Sport is his uh, brand name and um, you can find out more about One Sport on their website, onesport.co.uk and uh, 
Phil's, uh, Paul's number is on there, so contact him if you're after some gloves and mention that you heard about it on the podcast, perhaps. And uh, he, he might charge you an extra quid or two. <laughs> I remember, like, like Spider said, mate, do you remember those first old green gloves that keepers wore? Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, they look like the Dave Gordon gloves. Yeah, that's they? right. There was <laughs> yeah. nothing to them at all, was there? You look at the gloves now. <laughs> no. I know I said to Spider that they look clunky. That probably wasn't yeah. the best descriptions. But they do, though, don't they? You know, it looks as if yeah. there's no way you can actually hold a ball in them. Yeah, they do look like bulky, mate, don't they? I know there's like them, like they said, there's spines in there now to protect your fingers and everything and... I think Spider was too young to remember Kenny Everett, wasn't he, Pete? <laughs> when you mentioned Kenny, <laughs> I don't know. When you mentioned know. Kenny Everett, well, you can you can Google him, Kenny Everett. Yeah, yeah that was funny, mate. Wasn't it with the old uh, the old hands, mate? Wasn't it another nutcase, mate? Wasn't he? Kenny Everett probably would have been a good keeper, mate. Yeah, he? that's true. He was yeah. mad, mad enough, especially with those hands, mate. But but now, nah, well done to Spider, Pete, for his one sport business, mate. Sounds like it's going well. And, yeah. Um, building doesn't it mate and you know with the league match balls as well you know I've had a had a look at a few of them about kicked a few of them back on the pitch mate they, they feel really nice and they've hit so, so good luck to him mate you know top lad and he's well liked isn't he around the circuit Spider mate I remember Spider as a young keeper deep in, in the old South Western League you know I was sort of coming to the end of my days in, in the league then like but I remember thinking you know this lad's going to be a good keeper and yeah, nice to see him have a good career with the likes of Biddeford and, and that thing, wasn't it, Spider? Mm, good yeah. lad. Senior good Cup lad. winner? Yes, it is, mate. Yeah. Good on him. Which neither you or, or myself are. No, you can't. I knew you were going to say, you're going to remind me, mate. I'm not, isn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just looking at me five runners uh, up there on the air. They're just below me five South Western League championships, though, mate. Yeah. In, in my defence. In my defence. <laughs> Would I rather have them? Oh, Probably shut no, up. Go on. You say that every time. <laughs> right. Now, time for our youngest keeper of the show. Uh, um, but he's an old hand in a number one jersey. It's Liscard's Luke Gwillem. But how long has he been wearing the gloves now? Um, I've been off. I've been doggy for years and years now, Dave. I started out as a striker. Um, I think, you know, the same way everyone else does. You know, you want to score goals. But no, I've been up since, since I can remember, really. I think this is about nine, nine years old because I was at Liscard when I was really young. Um, and then, yeah, I've been in one ever since, really. And how old are you now? 21. Just turned 21 the other day. So. 21? Yeah, what, Blimey. Yeah. Getting on with it. All right. And um, when you're... Growing up, uh, uh, playing in goal, you were at Argyle, weren't you? Yeah, I was at Argyle. I was at Argyle from 11 till 15, and then I went and played for Lou after that. But yeah, four years, five years. So when you were at Plymouth, you obviously got, well, the coaching, presumably, that you wouldn't have had since? Yeah, true, but I, when, I was at Ar- when I was at Plymouth, um, I think a lot of people would say the same thing. It's obviously it's a there's a constant professional environment, you know, you can it's but when um, ever since I've left and I've gone on to Aussie I was at Lou for the two years after that and I you can kind of you got a bit more of a release from football, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You got a bit more you can play with your mates, blah blah blah. And but no, it's the the coaching there is obviously constantly you know, there's a certain standard you have to keep up one hundred percent of the time. Um but no, it, yeah, I I get what you mean the the coaching there is 
the standard is a lot higher than everywhere else. Obviously, it's a professional club is going to be. Yeah. Well, it sounds as if it, perhaps it was a bit high-pressured. And um, I mean, I've been talking to other goalkeepers, and actually that's one of the things one of them said, uh, Billy Davis said, that actually it's better when you haven't got that pressure in goal. Yeah, well, for me personally, I've, I, I, I loved it. I loved it, absolutely loved it. But, you know, it didn't work out. And like I said, since then, I played for Lou, and there, there maybe isn't that pressure there. And I did drive more. I did enjoy it more. Um, after that, those two years after that, especially with Lou, um, being a child, you know, you just want to enjoy football. And I, I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. Oh, I did. I did enjoy it. However, there's that constant standard you have to keep up. There is a pressure. You feel like it's obviously, you know, for the business need, for the football need, you know, you're, you're trying to benefit them, but they're trying to benefit you in the way that you're going to develop. But no, like I say, I mean, you, you do feel like there is a, a pressure off your shoulders, kind of, when you go and play with your mates, play with your local team, you kind of just focus on enjoying football. What what are your aspirations and what are your ambitions and your hopes to, what what do you want to achieve as being a goalkeeper? Being a goal, you know, I said this to Manners the other day, we had a chat about this, um, obviously speaking about the season coming and, and I said, like, I just, I just want to keep enjoying it really and I want to play at the highest standard I can possible, you know, Whenever that may be, I know I'm, I'm, I'm playing at a good standard now, and I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm loving it down at Liscard. It is really good. The group that we have to class. Yeah, just keep enjoying it, really, and obviously aspire to get as high as I can. But yeah, like I said, you know, keep enjoying it's the main thing, really. And when you look around the the local Southwest Peninsula scene, um, who are the sort of goalkeepers that you sort of look up to and think, you know, he's a good one. From since I've been playing with the in the Peninsula. In the Peninsula leagues, Ryan Barnes is one that I've always kind of noticed and thought, you know, he's a he's a good he's a good keeper down at Falmouth, mm-hmm. and I've, he's he's always he's always been there and around the scene. Like you know, there's a name that always crops up in the conversation when you're talking about goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, if I had to say one, it'd be Ryan probably. You know, I've played against him quite a few times now, and I've played I played with him um, in a Cornwall rep game a couple of years ago, a few years ago now. But yeah, like, like I say, if I had to say one, it'd probably be Ryan. Right. And um, well, what about on the professional scene? Um, growing up was always Edwin Van der Sar. I always used to, <laughs> I used to ask my dad for a pair, of, like the replica of his gloves when I was a kid. I've still got a <laughs> pair now. When I was from when I first started, you know, I think when United got to the Champions League final back in like 2008. But um, yeah, if I had to fit one, it'd be Van der Sar. He's, he was the one I always looked up to as a kid, really. And whilst you're talking about gloves and things, I mean, um, they're not cheap, are they? Goalkeepers' gloves. No, no, they're not. <laughs> they come with a price. They come with a price, but um, they're not. They're not. They're a bit like uh, boots, really. And they just got to get two lots of boots, pretty much. But um, no, nah, they're, they're not too bad. I mean, I, I'm all sorted. I usually get a couple pairs at the start of the season, so that if one does go wrong, or a pair breaks, for instance, you know, I've got another pair to fall back on. But yeah, they're not cheap. Do you, actually, they, um, do you actually wear them out? Um, I wear. Yeah, I wear them out to a certain level of obviously wear but like I won't wear them until they're they're falling apart basically I'll just keep wearing them until like, I feel like they're of use but yeah, yeah you, you kind of know when they're they're not performing like they're not they don't feel as good as they used to you do kind of know actually I thought when I asked that I thought you were going to say no I don't wear them out on a Saturday night but um <laughs> <laughs> but and and coaching do, do you get sort of specialist coaching and training at, at Liscord now or what 
Um, no, no, not really. We don't, we, I, you know, I kind of join in with the rest of the side, but I've got my own sessions. You know, I do my own sessions with a couple of the players. You know, I'll, I'll plan things up and think things up, and we'll do it that way. But um, I have last season we did get um, Andy Mead, and I'm not sure if you know him. He's a goalkeeper coach. Had him for a couple of sessions, and he was quite good. I believe he used to play for Tavistock. Andy Mead, yeah, Tav- yeah, yeah, Tavistock. Yeah, yeah. He he came in and um, trained with me a few times. You know. Um, with my coach for a few sessions, you know, we did that. That was good. But yeah, like there's not, there's not really been a constant one, but like you say, there has been, I think up my own sessions, we do sessions there and Andy media, he came in and did it with me for a few sessions. So, and obviously I got to see you a lot when you were playing for the county youth, uh, in that tremendous season where, where you got to the final of the, uh, FA county youth cup. How many of that side is still playing regular football? Do you know? Quite a few of us, I believe. Yeah. So obviously you've got, there's, there's me still playing Ed. Ed's at Camelford. I know he plays um, with Cribs when he can up because he's at uni up there. Um, Charlie obviously is with Camelford still. Um, Ollie I think plays with Falmouth when he can. Um, obviously he's in, again it's uni dependent. I know that's the case for a lot of the boys that were there on that side. But um, I think more or less it's, it's more than half I'd say. You know there are obviously a few that have kind of dipped out of the game, but which is a shame. But and of there course, are still a lot there. And of course, back then you had Dennis Anir, didn't you? Uh, sort of yeah. uh, as your goalkeeping coach. Did you learn anything off Dennis? Yeah, Dennis was. You know, Dennis is a good, I'm, I'm a good, a good lad. You know, I I spoke to him since. I'm saying that I haven't spoken to him in the last couple of years, but you know, whenever I do see Dan, I have a good catch up with him, and he's he's a good lad, Dan. He's um, I've always, I've always, I was always told since that whenever I mention it to people, you know, he's a legend of the scene around here. So, <laughs> yeah, no, Dan was good. Yeah, always taught me about consistency. That was the main thing. Yeah, that's true. That's what's well, so important, is it? As a goalkeeper, you're the last man. You know, you you got to do it. Otherwise, there's, there's ten other players staring down in your throat, sort of thing, aren't they? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. What for the rest of this season? Do you think there'll be any football played or not? Um, I've heard I've heard that there's going to be like a Champions League style tournament, you know, mm-hmm. like a cup, which would be good, you know, do something like a COVID cup because I think for everyone's best interest, you want to get football back playing again because how long is it now? So the new season starts, what, six months, five, six months? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a long time yet. That's a long time yet. But no, it'd be ideal if we could get a cup competition going. You know, I think that'd be great. Keep keep everyone ticking over, rebuild re- fitness, that sort of thing. But And who's the best striker you've played against so far, do you reckon? Well, who, who's the striker that scored the most goals against you, I guess? It's a tough one, that. Um, I'd probably want the sticks in my head again from Falmouth when he was there. Jordan Anir. Oh, right. Jordan Anir was always a menace. Um, <laughs> Ryan Richards. Ryan Richards, like, we played, I remember playing for Camelford a couple of seasons ago, and we, we were up at Salt Ash, and I think we had, like, a, a bare 11. We went there with a bare 11, you know, typical down there. Thought we were going to get rolled over. Um, wouldn't really be a long afternoon. It couldn't be a long afternoon, but we we held it out. We drew nil nil. Well, we were drawing nil nil for about seventy minutes, and Ryan popped up from nowhere, and it always seemed to be the same old story. He'd like do nothing for like half an hour, score two in two minutes, and it'd be like the game would be on his um, the game would be on his head. But you know, a sign of a good strike. I think yeah, probably Ryan and Jordan. Those two are the ones that always used to score whenever we played against them, whenever I've played against them. Right. Okay. Well, sorry to drag out the bad memories, but um, but keep it going, Luke. Uh, you're still enjoying your football, I guess. Yeah, loving it down at Liscard now, Dave. Good. Loving it down at Liscard. It's been brilliant coming back. Okay. Thanks very much. Cheers, Dave. Your Cornish, 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 Cornish. podcast. Luke, 
mate, one of the top young keepers in, in the county, Dukes, isn't he? As, as, you know, as we know well, mate, from watching him in that 2017 county youth side that reached the national FA Youth Cup final at Bornet. But that lovely day, Dukes, wasn't it? You know, I mean, he was a big part of that team, Dukes, wasn't he? And a nice lad, great attitude and, you know, perfect build for a keeper, mate. And he's six mm. foot three, I would have thought, Dukes, and he, Luke, and... Yeah. Big agile lad, you know, going to be one of the best around, isn't he, in a few years, mate? But only 21, Dick, isn't he? So, mm. you know, you're always learning, I think, in, in between the sticks, mate, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I've asked it a couple of times to these different goals we've had on. I always feel a bit sorry for them in training because I think even nowadays it sounds as if, you know, they have to almost work out their own routine, don't they? I mean, Luke was saying that he yeah. does some exercises himself and whatever. So it's it's not easy for them, is it? No, it's not, is it? So, yeah, I always, I always thought that as well, mate. Same as you, Dick. So I always thought it was tough on the keepers, like, because, you know, they sort of do everything. I meant, you know, like, do everything that you do sort of thing, don't they? And then they sort of dragged off to, you know, sort of, have their own sort of half an hour like on their own really mate mm-hmm. you know you might get a player that's just come back from injury or something you know crossing a few balls in for them or, or, or knocking a few balls at them but you know unless I, I wouldn't have thought there's many clubs that have got a particular goalkeeping coach like locally is it so no not you know, senior like say, teams anyway no nah, a lot of these keepers just left to their own Devices really, man. It must must be must be difficult, mate. A, a pretty lonely old job, mate. Sometimes I would have thought, thinks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. finally for today, if you know goalkeepers in Cornwall, you must know Billy Davies, a goalkeeper for well over forty years and still playing. Let's go back though to the very beginning for Bill. It started in. 1975 at my primary school, Sandy Hill in St. <laughs> right. So was it by choice or were you the last one left? Um, I, no, it was a new school. I was in the first cohort and um, I was the biggest kid in the school <laughs> and I just got put in goal, really. We obviously enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, you know, it was okay. I didn't mind. Um it was one of the few things that I could do without getting in trouble or get told off about. I think playing in goal it was okay. It seemed like a safe place to be to start with. <laughs> Presumably, what, throughout your school life, then you were always in goal, were you? Yeah, yeah. Never really had the chance to play out much. And I was, a, a, unlike most other goalkeepers that fancy themselves as centre forwards or whatever, I was always quite content to stay between the sticks, really. Yeah. All right, so... Can you list the clubs you played for? Are there many or not? Oh, crikey. I started off at St. Dennis when I was 16. Um, I had... And St. Dennis was always my club, really. Yeah. Um, so it started off at St. Dennis. I had um, a spell when I was 18 or 19. I went down to Falmouth with Dave Ward. Oh, right. But, but before, I think... Before, this, before we'd even finished the pre-season friendlies, which went quite well for me, I think John Dent was in, in goal, the first team goal in. They brought me down as, a, I think, as a more of a long-term thing. But Chris Wakefield at St. Blasey lost his goalie, which I think was Stuart Dent, and either left, moved or got injured. Mm. And I had a season down at St. Blasey in a Plymouth-based side. Um, and I was... 
I remember I played when we played, we played one of the first games of the season against Bournemouth, and I had an outstanding game. And, and but that wasn't true all season. I was a bit um, bit inconsistent, and I didn't really enjoy it. Didn't really settle, and I ended up back to back at St Dennis. And then I went to St Austell um, and played there, Colin Riches, um, and and again for Graham Nichols, and again for Glenn Avery. I enjoyed my time at St Austell because that's my hometown. Uh, but I always always ended up going back to St Dennis because they were the, they were the people that looked after me, you know. Yeah. Good friends, still got some quality friends. Um, and after at 28, I had to stop playing because I had an operation on my back that didn't go well. Hmm. Um, and I didn't play for 15 years. You didn't play for 15 years? No, I managed St Dennis and then Foxhole. Right. Um, but I had all sorts of problems with my back. Um, but that was that time was uh, when I grew up. <laughs> uh, I got myself an education and a decent job and a, um, married and children and things. And um, one night when I was 42, I got a phone call. We were living up at Tremar Coombe then. I, I think you probably know where that is. Yeah, you? yeah. Well, I had a phone call from the guy who was best man at me wedding, Mark Rowe. St. Dennis had a vets team and they didn't have a goalkeeper for the following day to get a Sunday game at um, Polperro. And none of the players would, were, would phone me up. So Mark phoned me up. He was still playing for St. Dennis first team at the time. He said he fancied a game of football tomorrow. <laughs> and my son, my youngest was, um, his babe in arms. He was, he was five, six months old, something like that. And um, I don't know why I never I never thought about playing ever again, but that just appealed to me, so I did. And uh, vets football was actually the best, most enjoyable period of my my goalkeeping career, really. Yeah, you're so much more relaxed when you're older. I was going to say, not so pressurised, I guess. Yeah, and and I think also you understand the position in life a lot better. Um, the first game we played, like Roger Bonaparte was playing, and I'd, I'd known Boney through football for a long time. It was nice to see him. And referees that I used to fall out when I was a manager and making their life absolute misery. It was just a <laughs> pleasure to be on the field with him. You know, you became friends with people. And, and I, I think I, I had, when I started playing vets, I was still, um, you know, it took me a while to get into it. Um, and St. Dennis, were, it was, again, playing with mates, but also playing against people. I played, you know, Rappo and Andy Street, um, Sage, or, or Kevin Miller, Darren Gilbert, all the people that you'd known for so long, but quality players and yeah. good, good people. And we just became, I don't think we were ever as good as the Western or one or two other sides, but we had a really good close-knit team. Uh, we won some trophies, had some great times, uh, and I really enjoyed it. And I, and I was relaxed about everything, life, football, you know, I can remember playing as a young kid and, you know, you'd be one nil up three, four minutes ago and the opposition would get a corner. And you said, just don't, I don't want the ball to come anywhere near me. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> but when you're playing vets football, you just think, well, if it comes in here, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, everyone will take the mickey out of you afterwards. <laughs> but, you, but, it, but it won't, it won't matter. You know, it won't change anything. Yeah. And, I, and I just think being relaxed and being happy in your own skin and the environment just made a difference. Mm. And here we are. I'm 54 now, and I'm still playing. I was going to say you still turn out occasionally, now, don't you? Oh, regularly. 
I've missed many games through injury since I've been at Lost Video. Yeah. Um, just again, and that just followed on from vets, really. I, I went there a couple of games to help out because their manager was one of our vets team, Graham Rule. And uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And it was, it was a good fit. You know, they're a nice bunch there. They're not, we never, we, we were in Dutchy 3 when I joined and now we've been in the Premier for a few years and we hold our own. We're never going to win anything because I don't think the lads take it that seriously. Yeah. There's enough talent there, but they, you know, they're, they're young people. They've got, when I was their age, football was everything, winning was everything. But they've got so many more things to do. So it does, uh, it's a good fit. They like having me there. I'm a bit of a character. I've got plenty of stories. I know someone, <laughs> wherever we play, I know someone. You know, it is, and, it, and, and I keep them going. I get, you know, when things go wrong and we get hammered, I, I make them see that it's just a game of football. So, yeah, I think it was a good fit. I made some good friends there. And yeah. it's not far from where I live, so just down the road. If I want a beer, I can go by the train. Yeah, good. And you, you mentioned, obviously, you were St. Dennis probably is where most people would re- recall you, you know, playing on a Saturday. Um, yeah. Would you have been in the championship winning side of of the the one where they're undefeated or not? Yeah, I was in the, the first one that went undefeated. I was in goal. And the second one that went undefeated, I was managing. That's what I thought the situation was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, nine, so that, 1992 was the, the one you played in then. And, um, yeah. Not bad going. T- only conceded twenty three goals in thirty four games. Oh, we had some side, and and we had also that year. Of course, we, that season we lost Colin Richards tragically in a mm. Guinness in a car crash, and that some of that season remains a bit of a blur because of that. Yeah, we we were an incredibly tight knit bunch, a, a team that was you know had some really good players, but some even better men. You know, and Colin was at the forefront of everything that was good about the club. An amazing man, amazing player, and uh, someone who meant an awful lot to me and everyone else. I think he was—he was my Cornwall schools under 15s manager. Right. And that was the first time I met him. And at the end of that season, I started playing. I just played. For, I went to pre-season training at St Dennis, and he was there. <laughs> and it's like, hello, sir. And it went, no, no, it's Colin. It's Colin. <laughs> We're in the same team now, but uh, yeah, we we the, the East Cornwall League. I know everyone says it; the standards different and whatever, but times change. But the East Cornwall League at that time, as as the same can be said of the combination, had some very good players and some very good teams. You know, in the mm. play areas, there was all you know. You had Roach, Fox, Old Nampian. They were all good sides, sticker, and so many know, local was, derbies as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and also, you know, there was great rivalry with um, the Clay teams and Liscard, St. Clear, Salt Ash, you know, Lou, Polpera. Well, well, you know, there was, there was all... No away game was easy. Mm. And, and lots of teams, you know, that, that had quality players playing for them. And it was a really good league. But yeah, it was quite an achievement. You do need a lot of luck. And we did have a lot of luck at the time. <laughs> but things, things go for you, don't they, sometimes? Yeah. So, in, in your eyes, what makes a good goalie? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. Athletic, brave. You've got to be brave. You can't. If, if you're not prepared to get hurt or drop on the ball when it's on the ground, your teammate won't forgive you. <laughs> if you let a shot slip through your, your hands from 35 yards, they will. Um, 
communication. Um, and I don't know. You, you, you just not not when you're not worried about conceding, you're less likely to. Mm. You know, I feel like now it's, it's such a shame that at 54, when my body can't get me to places I want to get. I know the position so much better than I did when I was 24. Yeah, so much interesting better. that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it, uh, it's, it's a unique position and you've got to be a little bit crazy. Hmm. You've got to be prepared to put your body on the line and you've got to enjoy it. And, and if you can have fun, uh, football's great, isn't it? It's for bringing people together, meeting people, enjoying yourself. And I do, you know, I've got, I've got a good job, but it's quite pressured. It's in the, you know, it's in the healthcare system, and there's lots, lots going on all the time. So to get away from that and play football and just give my time for two hours on a Saturday to just stop trying to stop the ball going in, I just love flying. I just love diving around and trying to say things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've got to have a passion for it, and most people that play in golf do, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and I. Go on. I was going to say that there's been some changes though, isn't there? It, it, you know, in the laws, even uh, in in the time that you played in goals. Just thinking just now, you know, the the pass back has been sort of altered, isn't it? That the was it four paces at one stage that you could only take, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then obviously the six seconds, which is well, no one takes any notice of that one really, do they? But, uh, but yeah, it's been some changes. I do you know what? I don't mind it either. I'm not great with my feet but I'm not bad and I can kick with both feet to a relatively decent standard um, one of the things that has gone as I've got older is the elasticity in my tendons oh, right. I can't kick the ball off the ground as far as I used to be able to oh, right. my hands is okay and it's playing on Dutchy, playing on some of the Dutchy pitches you'll only get back passes from my team when the, the surface is appalling <laughs> and the opposition forwards are quick. That's the only time they get, they give the ball back to me. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's the game, the game has to evolve and it, and it has, and it's, it's, it's a supposedly a better spectacle. Not, not you're not so sure though. No, well, I don't mind. I don't mind. I go with it. I think there was a lot of, you could kill a game, couldn't you? Just by passing it back to the keeper. Yeah, that's could true. Dive on it. And I think the game is better than it was. I just think it's it's a shame that Lost with you and other teams in the Dutch produce such quality football and only three and a half men turn up to watch every week. Mm, Tongue in cheek, that is Dave. Ah, right, okay. So let's let's finish with did you ever concede any real, really horrible own goals? Um uh, I don't remember letting in any goals, Dave, if the truth <laughs> is <laughs> Did you ever I score? Think, <laughs> I think um if that's one of the things that you need when you're playing goal is the ability to forget <laughs> everything that goes past you. I've, I'm not, I, I don't know how many games I've played and I've no idea how many goals I've let in. But um, there, there must have been and there have been occasions where I have, yeah. I, I'm, I, what's the, one of the worst goals, one of the funniest, uh, made the people there watching, we played St. Moore's in a league game and the guy tried to do a Penanka penalty on me. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. And I, and I dived like through, because at my age, you, you can't wait and see where the ball's going to go. You got to fling it. I flung myself to me left. And he completely missed it. And it hit the crossbar and come down and bounced off my bum and went in. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and I, and, and every, 
But I, I just was basically unaware of what had happened. Um, <laughs> and I have conceded a lot of goals, Dave. <laughs> oh, well. That's a good place to end, Bill. It's, it's good to hear your thoughts. And, uh, well, obviously you've enjoyed your time in football and, and may it continue. I hope so, mate. I'm, I'm nearing the end now, but my boys, my boys in place with St. Clair and Liscard under 13, so um, I can, I can keep, I can stay involved by watching them, which gives me great delight and it's, le- and it's less painful. So nice talking to you, Dave. Your Cornish soccer podcast. Great bloke, Billy, mate. He's a, he's a year older than me, Dick, so yeah, I am. Oh, right. I'm a good, yeah, yeah, just a year, mate. So I remember Billy when he was like, you know, like youth keeper, and young keeper, you know, he was sort of, you know, we all thought he was like one of the best around, really, mate. You know, I mean, 46 years as a keeper, mate, you know, with Billy's bad injury in between digs. You know, I remember his bad injury when he had to, I mean, played against him in the vets a few times over the last few years, digs, and he, he's still absolute quality, mate. <laughs> Some of the saves he was pulling off at 50 was unbelievable, mate, you know, and, and what a character, you know, Billy is as well, digs, you know, top bloke and, you forget how well he did as a manager as well, mate. You know, when he came that time injured from, from the game, mate, didn't you? He, he did really well, mate, as a manager. And, and like I said, mate, remember in youth football, Billy's you know, a year older, like Dix, but he, he was one of those keepers you didn't look forward to playing against, like when you was a kid. You, you had to be something decent, mate, to get, you know, to get something past him, mate. You know, that would be a decent strike, mate. But, but it's brilliant to see Bill still enjoying it, mate, at 54, you know, at Lost Review there, mate, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Now, I didn't realise he had such a long period out, you know, because of his back, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise. I remember when it happened, mate, you know, and I felt really sorry for Bill, you know, because he had those good, you know, good South Western League keeper, mate, wasn't he? Lazy and that, and, and all like, like big, you know, Billy was, and obviously moving from, from the youth days, mate, going up through and, you know, Fantastic, keeping always one of the best around that air sort of age level, and yeah, to thought he was sort of finished really, mate. And then obviously, you know, he's come back and he's done brilliantly, really, mate. And he, I watched him a couple of seasons ago actually. Did I went to watch the junior cup game, mate? Mousel and Los Winnell, mm-hmm. I think it was a junior cup quarter final. Lovely little picturesque game there, Los Winnell. That it is like deep by the by the stream there by yeah. the river, and I sort of stood in the trees and watched Billy, and he was still. You know, still as good as ever, mate, organising his defence. And, you know, you can still, you know, you can tell he's been a, a class player over the years, mate, couldn't you? But, but yeah, lo- lo- lovely to hear from him, mate, and see him still, still enjoying football, mate. Yeah, I like the way he said he's always uh, got a few stories to tell the lads that um, <laughs> play alongside him at Lost With you. Yeah, he's got plenty of them, mate, and they? a great <laughs> bloke to have in the dressing room, mate, and a lovely bloke to be around. I saw Billy in town, mate, about two or three years ago. We had a chat for 20 minutes, mate, in St. still there, mate, and lovely to see him, like, mate, you know, never never changes, mate, great bloke. Now, I've got a question for you. Do you only go to grounds with trees? Because you've mentioned the trees at Polterra, you've mentioned the trees at Lost With Hill today. So what is this thing you've got with trees? <laughs> I think it's our weather down here, Dave. I like standing <laughs> out the way, out the way of the elements, mate. I think, mate. Not the elephants, yeah. The elephants. No, I, I do like a tree. I must have. You know me, mate. I'm pretty unsociable when I when I go football. I just uh, I like to watch the game, like Dave. So I sort of 
you know, if I if I go to football, I always end up talking to everyone, mate. You know, like like we do, mate. Obviously, we know everyone, don't we? But, but I like to sort of get there and either way, mate. You know, either way in the tree, so mm. no one sees me, <laughs> so I can concentrate on the game, like that. Right. So, like, yeah, I do like a tree. So <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, uh, you, you would probably love Penzance, then, really, wouldn't you? That must be the best ground in the county for trees. It is nice, mate, isn't it? And Lee, mate. It's nice. Yeah, you could... they're a bit, they're a bit far away though, Dix, aren't they? They're all right behind that the, the far goal, mate, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, they're a long way away from the canteen area, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, mm. yeah, a bit, bit too far to come around for a cup of tea, mate, isn't it? In the mark, because they got a nice little tea up and Lee, mate, aren't they? Yeah, true. <laughs> right, then, Rappo, yeah. I think, I think we are out of time. Is that it, mate? We've covered that's everyone, it. I think. Have we yeah, got everyone? Nice for keepers to have their day, isn't it? Yeah, like, that's right. That, yeah. That. Barry Wyatt, Ryan Rickard, Paul Hyder, Luke Gwillem, Bill Davis, and we've had we've had quite a few goalies on lately, you know, with Nigel Martin and Kevin Miller and uh, Martin say, Kibbins yeah, was on a few weeks earlier. So yeah, come on. Looking at we have some good keepers on lately, mate, haven't we? We don't need to talk to a goalie now for about another 20 years, do we? No, we probably don't, mate. <laughs> We've probably exhausted it, mate, haven't we, for a season. <laughs> and there's the yeah. thought. Now, now, with the season becoming, uh, or the season coming to a rapid end, we need some suggestions yeah. as to what we might be talking about um, over the next few weeks. Yeah. So, uh, we do, mate. We could do. So answers on a postcard dude. answers on a postcard or you can send your message to Rappo on Twitter what is it Rappo? yeah at Mark Rapsy one <laughs> <laughs> talking to keepers mate which I'm not at Mark Rapsy one yeah yeah that's right you, you've got yeah. a good Twitter name for a goalie but uh, yeah but yeah we're out of time we're uh, well yeah. we're still in a lockdown so um, stay safe yeah. stay alert and responsible and uh, we're almost there now aren't we we're almost out of the lockdown yeah yeah there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel isn't there you cleaning your yeah. golf clubs off or not no not yet mate uh, no I'm looking forward it's not long there mate is it? what's it 18 days to go isn't it 29th of March right isn't it had the email through yeah. this week from Tahiti as to what you know what they're you, doing it's going to be the same as what it was before basically but yeah uh, but they're just reminding yeah. everyone so we must be getting closer yeah good to see you mate. isn't it always nice when you get an email from the golf course <laughs> from the golf club apart, yeah apart yeah, from, week, yeah, apart from the annual subscription email that's not i true. know mate yeah, yeah i think we get a bit of rebate mate wouldn't you really <laughs> yeah, well I, I, I think teddy have done quite well with that actually over the last 18 oh, months they? or so so can't complain too much but um, yeah, yeah but anyway that's it gotta get going yes mate yeah everyone stay safe out there and it's goodbye from me yeah thanks dude it's good to speak to you thanks for listening everyone stay safe thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show Cornish Soccer Podcast.